What's your favorite scary movie? Whoa! Did you see what I did there? We're talking about Scream. Hey, this was like that was like the title of the movie. You that screamed it at movie, me. And I screamed it into the microphone <laughs> here on I Like to Movie Movie. This is going to be the final episode of our big horror month. October! Quite a fun month. We've it's seen a lot of favorite cool month stuff. of the year. And uh, we're going to be going through a lot of uh, fun things today. My name is Daniel Scully. I did, My... the, I did it like I was at work. Holy cow. Hi, I'm Daniel Scully calling from the... I don't think I've ever heard you refer to yourself as Daniel. I, the, honestly, I, I went right into work mode. <laughs> I took so many fucking phone calls today and I have to do that because saying it like if I say it yeah. to in a professional sense like hi I'm Dan Scully I go into comedy mode oh, yeah, and yeah. so I should have switched them but hello my name is D Scully <laughs> and my name is Garrett Smith and we are joined by the uh, ever uh, effervescent <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. yes, uh, that's right Miss Jenna Kersey Jenna is here Kersey's tonight. here hi. Welcome, back. hi welcome back to the show Jenna yeah hi. are you excited to be here oh absolutely of course you are <laughs> now uh, we've had some conversations about horror movies in the past and one of my favorite things is your your aversion to a certain type of horror movie. What type is that? I hate bump in the night movies. Bump in the night movies. <laughs> Could you describe so no that conjuring? more specifically? Oh, yeah. interesting. Conjuring, I don't like. Anything that like somebody's walking through a hallway and something just goes, ah! I don't like this. Yeah. But something like Scream. I like this. There you go. I, anything grotesque and like really nasty to watch but isn't like boo <laughs> I'm okay with so that. So you're not going to go see the new Medea movie, Boo, <laughs> uh, Medea no. Halloween? Too many boos. Halloween or whatever it's called. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. Lord no. of Mercy. I don't know what her cat. What is Medea's catchphrase? She's going to jump out of like a bathroom or something and Probably. say surprise, and I'm not going to be able to handle She'll it. She'll be like, so. surprise, and then everyone's <laughs> going to like pray. I think that is her catchphrase is hello. Oh, so I think that's why it's Halloween. <laughs> what's, uh, what's Doug's response to that? The uh, If you can laugh and pray and uh, yeah, if you can, if you can laugh and pray in ninety minutes, this has a time well spent. I'm gonna shake your hand, Doug. <laughs> We're referencing, of course, the SNL sketch Black Jeopardy Ugh. with a wonderful performance from Tom Hanks as Doug, the uh, Oscar, the winner. All Lives Matter, <laughs> Make America, yeah. Make Oscar America Great, Oscar winning uh, writer and director Tom Hanks. Yes. Yeah. Right direct- and director. Yeah, he Jesus. did that thing you do. That's right. I he forgot. did that thing you do. That's a great flick. That is a really great, a great flick. flick. We but should we're do not that in the talk- future. We should do that in yeah, the future. We should love, do love that to. thing you do. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but we're here to talk about Scream. Scream. Uh, Wes Craven's Scream. Uh, this movie. This is, is probably uh, my first slasher if I think about it. Maybe. My first slasher was Halloween. Uh, it might have been mine. Because my dad was like, you got to yeah. see it. And then it, I know it I saw that as a kid. My life. But Scream, I pulled a fast one on my parents because. In eighth grade, because they, they were just weird about renting things that might potentially have nudity, which is funny because Scream has none. That's yeah. They did not care about violence. They did not care about language. It's fascinating. My parents were weird about nudity. Yeah. And what's funny is my dad. Well, so they're American. Most of all, he was very weird about uh, nudity. I was about to say that. But what was weird, like he was very weird about female nudity. Uh. He was also terrified that I was gay. <laughs> it's the it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. But I really wanted to see Scream. And in eighth grade, we had a pick a movie, write a review, and okay. they separated us into three groups and one group was hell-bent on picking scream mm-hmm. and i wanted to see it so i mm-hmm. put myself in that group and i told my parents like it's for school, school project i gotta watch yeah. it and uh yeah so that's how i got to see scream 
Did, it was did awesome. your parents take you to see it? Like, did you see oh, it no, with no, your parents? Oh, no, my dad okay. rented it. Yeah. And my mom always has a habit of entering the room during the strangest parts of movies. Uh-huh. Like, she entered uh, when, oh, when the, the girl Chucky doll was giving birth. <laughs> I remember my mom went, what the hell are you watching? Yeah. And I was like, there are no words. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta, there's, a, there's an hour-long conversation leading up to this moment yeah. that I can't have with you. But she walked in right at the beginning when they're talking about gutting someone, oh. and Billy uh, condemns Stu and says, "It's called tact, you fuck rag," yeah. which is the most tactless thing to say. Yeah. And my mom was just like, "Oh, <laughs> well, I never." But the, the first movie, probably that... the first movie I ever reviewed, though, in that sense. Oh, fascinating! So, yeah. That, yeah, the the first movie I ever rented on my own that had boobs in it was American <laughs> Pie. I mean, uh, every movie has some sort of boobs in it that had uh, you know. <laughs> Exposed <laughs> boobs in it uh, was American Pie, and my friends and I rented it because that one boob's name was Jason Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> we rented it because we we weren't allowed. We had the kind of parents that we weren't allowed to go see that in theaters. You know yeah, what I mean? Same. So we like rented it as soon as it came out because we had heard all about it and everything. And of course, the only moment that my friend's mom decides to walk in the room is the only <laughs> moment that there are expressly boobs in that movie. It was like the reason mm-hmm. we rented the movie, mm-hmm. and we're like, ah, like shuffling to pause it as soon as we hear the door <laughs> trying to be opened. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was terrible. Um, but okay, back back on track to Scream, uh, which I do think we, I, we were talking about Scream. That's true, and then, we, <laughs> and then I had to get us back on track because I circled back out to American Pie for boobs. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I do. This was I guess Halloween was probably my first slasher. But this is the one that like I really uh, remember most from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Scream like re- I think because I was the right age for Scream. You know what I mean? It was like it was about high schoolers right before I was about to enter high school. So mm-hmm. it seemed like my world or the world I was about How to enter. How old were you in 1996? <laughs> I just looked it up. Uh, I just looked it up too. I would so have, you were what six? Yeah, I was. I yeah. would have been nine. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think I would have been nine. I would have been 12. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely didn't see this probably until it was on VHS. So, probably like a couple years. In fact, I think I remember watching all three of the Scream movies in succession pretty close to each other. Mm. So, I probably didn't see these until the early 2000s, whenever the third one okay. The first out. scary movie I ever saw was The Fly. Ah, oh, whoa. Uh, classic. I love that in movie. In school. Yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, the, well, the, you, that was the teleportation unit yep. in school. Yeah, <laughs> right. Figured, yeah. Yeah. Who showed that to you in school? My science teacher uh-huh. in like sixth grade. Uh-huh. Yeah. He was, like, we're going to be studying the gold bloom. Very big. We were big talking about science. evolution and Darwinism and stuff, and he was like, the fly. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know. Because he did think he was evolved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he was actually devolved. De- mm-hmm. Sorry. Not the Jeff Goldblum. Evolving. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this movie just like really like held a place in my memory for, uh, it has the entire time. I don't, mm-hmm. the, in fact, the, and we'll end up talking about this again later, but the garage door kill <laughs> is something that like, I never forgot. I don't know why, but that one like really got me when I was a kid. Yeah. And I've, uh, I always think about that. That's like a, an image that replays in my mind, like fairly frequently. I think it's the idea of like a garage door being a th- I grew up in the suburbs. We had a garage, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It was like one of those things where it's like, ah, there wouldn't even need to be a serial killer for me to die that way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yep, yep. Uh, you that just need to be get your accident. boobs stuck in the cat yeah, door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the cat door that the uh, the, the garage, garage has. has. Uh, well, I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it makes sense. They also had a boat that was a soft thing to land. I noticed through. that as well. Sort of. The cool thing about Scream, though, is that you're talking about the time that it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It kind of kicked off what we're still in now, which is like a meta culture, mm-hmm. where every you cannot do anything now without it being a commentary on something else. Yeah. 
Um, and it's because we recycle media so mm-hmm. fast. We saw it happen with, uh, what was it, like, I remember the 80s. Then yes. Then there was right, I right. love the 90s. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. there was Best Week Ever. I love the And then the there O-O's. was Remember Tomorrow. <laughs> you know, they're, like, they, they, they caught up to the point where it was just them talking about last week's show, you know. And so that, we, we saw that. Ha- you know, and <laughs> so this was, you know, this was kind of the, f- I wouldn't say the first. I mean, all horror, especially in the slasher genre, has its tongue placed yes. in its cheek. And uh, that's. It needs to be because it is a movie movie. Yeah, it's this of like a level wears of its tongue on its sleeve, though. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And this one, you know, comments directly on it, and then ended up becoming the the benchmark for all of these other spinoffs. Oh yeah, and then led to Scary Movie, yes. which was a parody of what this kicked off. So when we got to the point of sequels to parodies of sequels, and then eventually a Scream Four that was a reboot, we're pretty much at the present day now. Yeah. So Scream holds a place, I think, in everyone's heart because it actually is a cultural touchstone right. that we still reach back and touch upon. I mean, there's, there's a, a TV show happening right now. It's yeah. on the air right now. That is Scream. And you wonder who it's for. Is it for me at 32? Is it for the MTV crowd that right. it's on? It, Scream was really, really... I guess what I'm saying is it was a game changer in totally. that we still look at it. And I don't think we've had a, a slasher since that's had as much impact. Like, mm-hmm. you could argue the Saw franchise is maybe the closest thing we've had to another slasher franchise since. But that's... You know, you could argue about whether that's truly a slasher franchise. You could argue about the whether it even has the same lasting legacy that Scream mm-hmm. does, you know? Um, I think it will, but I think that Saw is the first of the post nine eleven crowd, yes. where everything was cynical, yeah. everything ended on a down note. Yeah, you know, at the end of Scream, the good guys win. Right, you know that that is the it does follow its own formula. Mm-hmm. The, the virgin wins, except yeah. it transcends the final girl, that because yeah. she's yes. still final girl. Yeah, but she broke that rule. Uh-huh. She broke the broke the chain. Yeah, whereas the Saw comes from the cynical. You know, bad guy opens his eyes at the end. Everybody's screwed. Oh, you think you got it out, got out alive? Well, right before we roll the credits, we pull the lens back and you didn't. Turns out you didn't. And so we got really tired of that. So we haven't had new slashers because now we have supernatural movies. Yeah, that's, that's where true. it came from. Yeah. We got so tired of the excessive body horror. Yeah. Or, well, torture porn, we'll call it. Yes, yeah, yeah. That we turned to supernatural. Uh, this year, we did sort of jump back with things like Don't Breathe. That's true. And um, they are probably going to try and brand the blind man as a little bit of a slasher that seems to be what they were trying to imply with the ending exactly i mean yeah. it, it could have been one of those cynical endings it mm-hmm. also could you know they're of course they're gonna go for it yeah but right now we're still in that supernatural element yeah that's true i didn't even think about that that that's kind of like the majority you know conjuring and mm-hmm. insidious and all that stuff is... but even saw only became a slasher after the fact jigsaw's dead by entry number three right, <laughs> right. And then when they kept making it they were like we got to like it is just retcon after retcon, yeah. snowballing to keep Jigsaw, Jigsaw in the the uh, pantheon of slashers. Right, right. When it's really, and now I forget that guy's name again. We did this last time. Uh, what do you mean? Who? who? There, there's this actor. He has a ridiculous name that ends up carrying the torch, and he's like the, the least iconic guy. Ever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Now I remember this moment uh, from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> Costas Mandalore. Yeah, Cost- <laughs> Costas Mandalore. Got him. I'm never gonna remember that name. Yeah, which is weird because it's the only name yeah. that's that name. We're gonna have this moment at least three more times. Yep. <laughs> it's definitely gonna come We're up talking again. About like Elf. And yeah, all. Like, it's kind of like Saw. Yeah. That 
It's that fucking guy's name? Yeah. Costas Mandalore. <laughs> we'll eventually do Saw and not ever be able to remember that guy's name. Nope. <laughs> Tobin Bell. He's Jigsaw. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but Ghostface became... Now, okay, here's a question I yeah. want to know. What was first? The Ghostface Killer or Ghostface Killer? I, I was thinking that right? too today, actually. I, I, Ghostface Killer was first. I'm pretty sure Ghostface Killer predates because this. Ghostface, really? I think so. Go, quote unquote, Ghostface Killer mm. is just the Grim Reaper costume. Yes. You yeah. know, but they call him Ghostface in this movie, probably because they were like, well, we can't really use Grim Go- Reaper, maybe because right. of like right. yeah, yeah, yeah. copyright shit. Well, they, they hold the uh, the costume and it up, says Grim Reaper. And it's called, Father, I think it's called Father, Death. Father Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm pre- I'm pretty sure because because uh, Ghostface Killer is uh, Wu Tang yeah. member of the Wu Tang right, clan, and I'm pretty sure they predate this movie. Yeah, well, Late I figured so much, maybe. but I didn't know if he just like like he started out as you know Doctor Flash, sure, yes, yeah. and then he became oh I'm going to turn into Ghostface <laughs> Killer because because right. rappers do that thing where they go through like uh, metamorphoses. Oh yeah, where it's like oh no I'm Snoop Lion now. Yeah. Oh I am I am just ba- just call me Bow Wow. Yeah. I don't want to be you know. <laughs> to be fair, he's also known as uh, uh, Tony Starks. He calls yep. himself Tony. Starks, so I don't know. Maybe he was Tony Starks before this movie, and then he became the Ghostface Killer. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I um, I guess so. One of the things I wanted to talk about is: Do you guys remember the advertising for Scream? You might have been too young I for it. Young. Yes, I, I was actually talking to Jenna about this on the walk over. Yeah. I remember seeing the commercial for mm-hmm. it, and the the big hook <laughs> right before it was because I want to know who I'm looking at. Yes. And I remember seeing that and being like, that's fucking good. Yeah. That is a really scary thing. Yes. And now it's like, I'd be like, fuck you. I'll, yeah, tra- yeah, yeah. I'll trace your call with star 69 that <laughs> no longer exists, but right. everyone has caller ID. Yeah. Uh, well, the thing I remember the most about the advertising is they heavily advertised this movie as starring uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. They did not advertise it as starring Nev Campbell. Right. So that that opening was this bit, you know, was a psycho moment where you think you are watching one movie yeah. and then suddenly she's dead and you don't know what movie you're well, watching. Well, I remember anymore. she got like top billing for a very long time because yeah. even when like I finally discovered the movie, Drew Barrymore was still the star uh-huh. that was in the movie uh-huh. in the same way that she's like the star in E.T. And you're like, wait a minute, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. a small child uh-huh. and you're not the lead character. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. But they, they did that pretty intentionally with this movie, like even with the trailers and stuff. Yeah, I they remember very it. heavily marketed it as if it was her movie. Right. Um and I think like Nev Campbell's in the trailers and stuff, mm-hmm. but they don't make it clear that she's actually the main character. She seems like part right. of the ensemble in the uh, Even in the Rose trailers. McGowan like has right. a bigger part in the trailers than yes. she actually kind of right. does. Right. Then she movie. ultimately plays in the movie. Right. Yeah. Right. She, you know. Well that's a throwback to Psycho. Yeah. Um, yeah. the whole idea with that was Janet Lee was the star. Yep. And then it turned that it's not about her at all. Right. She makes it like 30, 20, minutes, 30 in, minutes into the movie. And then yep. she's out and she's the iconic death and she's still who we associate yep. with Psycho. And it's not about that at all. It's about the cops pursuing mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Norman Bates. Yeah. And uh, and they they reference Psycho a little bit later in this too. Yes. But I think they were they're taking a, a card out of that deck for sure to play. I like that they you were riffing on executive decision, which was supposed to star <laughs> Steven Seagal, <laughs> and then he gets sucked out of the plane like ten minutes in. <laughs> To his, it's. Have you seen that movie? No. Kurt Russell at his, he's in it, <laughs> and it is. It's an action-packed plane movie starring Steven Seagal, except that it doesn't star Steven Seagal. <laughs> not in it. Uh, yeah. Well, I the, the, the thing I like it about it though quick. is that they did that in the actual advertising. You know what I mean? Like that feels like a step into again where this movie like becomes defining of the next like ten years of 
movies and cinema, it's like a step into the world that's about to come, into this world of viral marketing and all these different yeah, things yeah. people will do to try and make movies exciting. Uh, and I guess, actually, if you think about it, this would have been, if this is 96, that's the same year as, uh, or a couple years before Blair Witch, I guess, right? Blair Witch was... 99? 99. 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Thank even you. a couple years before that. Because um, I remember that coming out in theaters. I don't remember Scream coming out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's just interesting that they like took a step into that like kind of weird... I don't know, because the future of marketing would be like trying to market your movie in some way that uh, is actually a trick on the audience, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, and it's interesting that, that back in 96, that was something somebody decided to do. And it's mm-hmm. like fascinating to me in its own way. Because I don't think Psycho was probably advertised. I don't know how it was advertised, but... That's what, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how that was, but I mean, she was the the star with the face right, and the name. Right, you know, yeah. She was the somebody. I guess Last House on the Left was probably like the first one, maybe, that kind of used that viral marketing because it was like, it's only a movie, it's only a movie. Oh, yeah. Also, well, slashers classically but, have always been very uh, self, uh, in the advertising, just very aware that it's a movie where right. it's like, it's not oh come be part of this story. It's come get scared. Yeah, yeah. we want to reach out of the sc- out of the screen and scare you. you yes. know? Yeah, and that's where the it's only a movie. It's only a movie comes from. Because Last the... House and Cannibal Holocaust are like so yeah. people were so concerned that they were real, uh-huh. real, real, mm-hmm. and they were just like, okay, if Last we think House it's real, sure it is. Also, Wes Craven movie, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. that is his debut. Yeah, I, I think love it's it. full length debut. I yeah, love dude it. Gets, gets his dick bit off. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that movie so much. It's brutal. it's. I mean, it's. It's, it's not list. even really good, but no, it's great. No, it's not, yeah, but yeah. I love it. But even back in the day, there was the Tingler. I right. It was a William Castle thing, mm-hmm. and they put uh, shocks in the seats. Right, right. They wanted to scare you. It's gonna come. It's gonna come get you. Yeah. And that's the one thing that horror make horror filmmakers are always trying to chase is what can we take that's normal and harmless, like a shower, right, and turn it into something where people are looking over their shoulders. Exactly. Exactly. The precisely <laughs> birds. Doors. And so Garage this one was <laughs> the phone. Yeah. And so. That and that that carries throughout the whole series, mm-hmm. um, and they get into you know the better technology, the cell phones and stuff. Yeah. Uh, the Scream series is largely based around text. Interesting, and and it's the same vibe. It's yeah. the same sort of you know they're they're, they're like black mirroring, but uh-huh. it's also you know I'm holding my I'm gesturing with the phone yeah. as so I do this. Well, I was looking up Ghostface Killer to get the timeline, <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's they're trying to find something commonplace that's scary, and I think that's what registered with me on that. Uh, you know, when I want to know who I'm looking at. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Right. Just because you're at home and on the phone, you are not safe. It doesn't make you safe. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, he's really, Craven is so good. I mean, I, you, you see all well, these. you did that with Elm Street. Yeah. Everybody sleeps. Yep. Everybody has nightmares. Yep. Everyone. But he is so he good at that stuff. It. He's like, you. it's so funny watching more and more of his movies. You see, like, the things that he likes and enjoys and mm-hmm. likes to, like, put on the screen and the way he likes to depict those things. There's all these dreamy eyed like, teenage boys. Yeah. He, I, that's totally true. Johnny there's Depp like, lookalikes. Yeah. Johnny Depp lookalikes. It's, there's all these little things that he clearly, like, loves and he loves to, like, put in his movies and toy with. Um, they're, like, uh, just the, uh, the whole opening scene of this movie is very reminiscent of Elm Street. He, like, and I think that's intentional on his part, is he's mm-hmm. kind of trying to play on his own legacy with a new sort of slasher series, Mm -hmm. obviously with the intention of sort of undermining all the things that he kind of helped establish with his, with his own series with uh, nightmare on Elm street, uh, which ends up being really fun. I mean, like the thing this movie is known for is the two killers at the end. Yeah. Oh, there's two spoiler. Yeah. Two Uh, killers, two killers. But the cool thing about that is that allows him to run through tropes that he, yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of killers. Yeah. Uh, uh, Yeah. Ultimately (laughs) when you get to the end of it. Yeah. 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 
Uh, too bad guys. <laughs> yeah, too bad guys. But they, when you sort of unpack that and run through it, it's him running through all of his own tropes, like this idea that we could see the killer right behind Sydney, and then her boyfriend pops in the window so that technically that shouldn't be able to happen if he's the killer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having two killers explains how that can happen. But that's because we've had 20 years of horror movies where that does happen, even yeah. though it's the oh, killer. Yeah. You could Just be running full sprint. Yeah. Jason at a walk will catch Manute Bull. Right. Or whatever his name is. Is that who the runner is? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is that the, run- no, it's not no, the runner? No, you're thinking... Bull's the basketball you're player. You're thinking... Y- y- Usain Bolt? Usain, Usain Bolt. Bolt. <laughs> yeah. It's the same... It's yeah. The, yeah. Same sort of name. It has the bowl in it. Yeah. But uh, I'm just I'm just racistly mixing my 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 African athletes. Yeah. Sorry guys. But um and a and a big apology to Manute Bowl and to Usain Bolt. I should remember Usain Bolt. He's fast like a lightning bolt, and it's insane. That's I, uh, that's that should be my my mnemonic. Insane bolt of lightning. Yeah. Usain Bolt. There you go. Yeah. There we go. You got it. Manute Bowl. He's tall like a basketball player. He's not minute. He's large. He's. I think he might be dead. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. It's also a bowl. Yep. yep. <laughs> He's a bowl. No idea. The uh, um But yeah, I mean that is it's uh you know <laughs> that happens in horror movies all the time where it's you know th- you, when you get to the end and it's revealed who the killer is, you can go back through the movie and go like, well that doesn't make sense because yeah, he was yeah. just standing right there. How does the killer be, be standing right there and then he's also turns out to be this character. Yeah. They explain that in this movie by having two killers. So it's really like Wes Craven going, "Well, I love when it turns out that the guy that was just chasing her is also around the corner. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Let's just make a movie where I explain how that's actually logically possible <laughs> exactly, for once. Exactly. And that's actually a fun thing when you watch the first scene after having seen yes. it. The final question he asks to, what was her name? Uh, Casey, I think it was. Casey, yep. Is, uh, what door am I at? Yes. And it's pretty clear that that's a loaded question. He's uh-huh. at both doors. Yes. And that's only possible with two killers. Two. Yep. Although then again... Stu does say he was at Tatum's house the night before. Yeah. And, but he didn't uh, say what time. That's yeah. true. Very true. Very true. There's, uh, I mean, there's so much misdirection uh, in this movie. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we really looked at it that there wouldn't be one or two yeah, threads yeah. that don't quite pull through properly, you know? Uh, but for the most part, that's the crazy thing about this movie is the script is like really tight. I said during the movie, I was like, this is like diehard levels of every single character has their own little story that they are... Well, that's like important on the too path to the structure of it is that no character at any point seems like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no character seems to be... They exist just to die. Right. You know, there's, there's no red shirts in there. Right. In every horror movie, when it starts, you can, with a reasonable level of accuracy, go, you know, these people are going to die and these yep. people are going to be the survivors or yep. just the survivor. Yeah. You can almost always tell you might get one or two wrong. In yeah. this one, you really can't. No. And at every point, you're going... That could be the killer, and then mm-hmm. they're dead. Or that could be the killer, mm-hmm. and then they're dead. So it's like, you know, there's always something. Yeah. And I think that procedural element is probably the other thing that's pretty unique about this as a mm-hmm. slasher movie. The idea that it's this sort of mystery and this open investigation into who really is the killer. I feel like there has certainly been a component in other slasher movies, but that is like the story of this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, like in Terror Train, they don't know who it is. Right. But like the reveal isn't like, oh, it was you the whole time. It's, right. Oh, that explains it. Yes, you know, yeah. It's there, It's a mysterious killer, but yes. it's it's not a uh, it's not a Jason where it has to be Jason. Right. Or Roy Burns, I think his name was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, the uh, you know. ambulance driver. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, the other thing that I think is uh, uh, interesting about this is... Roy Burns. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things I, I love about this is uh, Ghostface is such an aggressive slasher. Rapper. 
the the kill the killer Ghostface yeah. is such killer. Yeah, exactly. Father Death. Yes. Please, Father Death. He, Call uh, his Christian name. <laughs> he's such an aggressive killer. Like when you look at things like Jason movies, Jason is a slow moving sort of uh, force that's unstoppable. When mm-hmm. you look at Michael Myers, he is often a slow moving force that's unstoppable. This is like a almost almost like a spastic ADD teenager that all the adults are like, we hate these teenagers. Look at how crazy they are throughout <laughs> oh, yeah. this movie. That is what the killer... I mean, he is he moves fast. He moves aggressively. Uh, and I mean, he also gets like the shit beat out of him. Because he's as, fucking clueless. And that's yeah. what's like so great about yeah. that killer too. And I was thinking it the entire time I was watching the movie, I was like, oh my God, they're so human. Yes. Like this is very clearly a person right. that is coming this after This is not a supernatural force yeah, behind the mask. Well, and even like, like the slow before. zombies are still a thing where it's like, well, they, or it follows, you know, it walks towards you yeah. forever because it's kind of human. Right. But like, this is actually a human being yes. that you know and yeah. knows you yeah. and will just kind of chase you around yeah. until you get oh, tired. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of like what you were saying before yeah. about it's a Wes Craven answering that question yes. of just why does this guy always, you know, like why is this guy always there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because he's a he's guy. He's your friend. He's a, and yeah, he's yeah, your exactly. friend. Yep. Uh, but I, I just love how like fast he moves and how aggressive he mm. is. That's such, seems so unique to me in a slasher movie. The idea that the guy that's chasing you is literally going to keep running at full speed at you no matter well, what you do. Well, it's doubly scary because to me, like, Jason's scary, but, like, you know what he's going to do. Right. You know his MO. You know what he's doing. He's yep. walking after you until he can punch a hole in your chest. Yep. You know, it's just <laughs> but it's kind of like it follows. There. It's yep. just coming at you. Yep. This one is... Uh, it's There's something manic word? about it. Yeah, there, it's manic. It's random. You yeah. don't really know what he's going to do because he probably doesn't know. He what doesn't he's know either. Do. Yeah, he just wants to be a scary presence. Yep. And I have, <laughs> I have a bugaboo with that. Oh. Throw some Joe Bell yeah. at you. About two years before Scream came out, mm-hmm. I was that ghost face killer thing, but I would just mm. refer to it as the Grim Reaper. Yeah, you would. You can beat the Scream Killer because <laughs> <Yeah>. that mask <laughs> oh, makes impossible. it impossible to see anything. Yep. All you'd have to do is take the little pointy chin and just. Yeah. Give it a yank, and he will probably end up stabbing his own face uh-huh. trying to fix the mask. Uh-huh. There, that is the least efficient killer costume. <laughs> yeah, and although they don't go into the level of he can't see out of the mask, they do go into his uh, his wardrobe that, is a hindrance. That gown yeah. thing, it yeah. is a hindrance. Mm-hmm. He trips over it. He falls yep. over it. When they throw beer bottles at him, he gets tangled up in it. Yeah, that's cool. I kind of like that about it. Yeah, it's like you said. It's like it's all very human. It's it's it feels nothing about it feels like supernatural, which oddly <laughs> makes it yeah. But it oddly makes it scarier to me actually that I think th- so too. that I can't pin that I can't look at him and go like, uh, you know what? I could write Michael Myers off because there's something a little supernatural about how strong he is or how Freddy whatever. Too, you know what like I mean? Yeah, completely a supernatural. Right, character. and it's like so I could if I wanted to I could write my fear of him off by just being like, oh, that's definitely a movie character though. Right. That's not. And even though they're unstoppable, it does play in a way like, well, there's a way to stop that. I right. know what the problem is. But this one, you don't know what the problem is. Right. You don't know who it is. You don't even know if it's the killer. Could just right. be some jack off in your school. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They deal with the copycat thing like right away, which mm-hmm. is pretty interesting too. That's the other thing is, as far as slasher movies go, another like kind of new thing he's bringing to it is the idea that we watch the entire town react to the killings. I've never really seen a slasher movie like that. Most slasher movies are out in the woods where there is nobody to react mm-hmm. or contained in a space. 
where yeah, Halloween's all, a single block. Right. It's just two homes. Right. And all the death happens contained within those two homes. So mm-hmm. nobody knows it happened. Maybe Halloween's a little bit wider because there's the you know, like the nurse gets killed at the it's beginning. Like the town. Yeah. And there's Donald Pleasance trying to right. Loomis That's trying true. to, you know, contain everything. But still it it's not it it's not no a culture. curfew and, and it's not a TV station. Right. Yeah, and there's we, no commentary on this is happening in our town right, short exactly. of the characters it involves. Exactly. Whereas in Scream, even characters that aren't main characters are still reacting to it. But they're reacting to it the same way that we react to horror movies, yes. with excitement, with curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to make me sound like an asshole, but I think that this speaks true for a lot of people. When, like when 9-11 happened, mm-hmm. that sucked. But there's an excitement to it. Uh-huh. There's car a novelty. Crashes. When car crashes, there's rubberneckers yeah. always looking. There's yep. always an excitement. Like, the piece of me that wants aliens to show up yeah. is the same piece of me <laughs> that wants them to be pissed off and not peaceful. Because, right, right. no, I don't want the world to end, but that's fucking exciting. There's, yeah, there's something, something cool. Yeah, you know? something weird about it. If yeah, there's a something... murderer running around killing teens and you're in a horror movie, that sucks. But that's a lot of fun right. in, that, yeah, yeah. in that way. And that's you always know? the big criticism, too, right? People are like, why don't they care? Why doesn't yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, do yeah. anything? It's like, because what the fuck would you do? we yeah. love it. <laughs> right. Well, I think they also get away with a lot of that by setting it in a high school where when you are a high school kid, that I mean, that plays into a lot of that feeling of, of like, oh, yeah. oh, this is just like a weird, exciting thing that's happening in yeah. our town. You don't, Boredom, excitement. Yeah, like, you don't totally understand the implications of the whole thing. It's the know? same reason we all tweet each other celebrity deaths. Yeah. Because it's a fun, morbid thing. Right, yeah. You know? It's uh, it's a thing it, because it, it breeds community in its own way. It's like, oh, we're all experiencing this weird thing together. Oh, absolutely. And so that breeds its own excitement, you know? And you feel kind of safe in a way. Yeah. When you see disaster <laughs> happen to others and it doesn't happen to you, you know, there, there's when you're not a part of it, the survivor's guilt takes the form of... <laughs> I, I'm actually safe. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm safer now because that kind of thing can't touch me, which is a dangerous mentality to have, mm-hmm. but it is there. It's comforting. Yeah. Uh, uh, the other thing that I obviously love about this movie is how often it's referencing other horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, which is so on the nose, but so fun, actually. Like, the, now that I am uh, much more of a horror fan, it was, like, a lot more fun it's to watch this nose, movie. But it's also part of the plot. It's part of the plot. Because the yeah. killers took notes from it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Say, he is so line. weird in this movie. Oh, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> he's so strange in this movie. I even remember as a kid watching this movie and being Peer like, pressure. that's not a real human. Yeah. <laughs> like, no human being acts this way. Like, even as a kid, I was like, I don't buy this guy. He's crazy, though. Yeah. They, they do a great bit of foreshadowing at the very, uh, when they're at the video store. Uh-huh. And Randy is in between the two yep. killers, unbeknownst to him. And, uh, they are like, well, how do we not know? How do we know it's not you? What would your motive yeah. be? And he looks right at Stu and he says, "It's the millennium. Motives are incidental." Yep. Basically, talking to this guy who he's he doesn't, doesn't Billy's have. Billy's got a motive. Yep. He's got actually a pretty good motive. Uh, yep. That's that's really interesting. Yep. We'll get into that. But uh, Stu's motive is just it'll be fun. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Uh-huh. You know, if we get away with it, it'll be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll make a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Love he, that. Oh man. He is, uh, he's such a weird character. He's, I mean, he, he functions very well in the story, I think. Mm-hmm. He just, uh, Matthew Lou would make some fucking As weird <laughs> choices. So they were so He's so spitting. But he was also, at that point, he was stabbed in the belly. Yeah, and yeah amazing. He yeah. was losing it. But you know what? That's sometimes the best is like those weird cartoon characters. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really want to oh, yeah. see real life in my that's, movies. That's true, yeah. I did an entire play last Fringe that was based on scream like right that was the play uh-huh. and it was basically just cartoon character people like the meanest people you've ever met in your entire life yeah. just killing each other uh-huh. yeah and that's what people like to say oh yeah <laughs> 
But and I think too in writing this, I would imagine writing two people that were affected by the you know behaviors of Billy's dad and Sydney's mom mm-hmm. right. would would almost make it to the point of well, that's too much. You yes. just wanted two killers, right? Yeah. But by giving someone you know motives are incidental. Yeah. He's just a nutball. That's good, and that also protects from the stupid notion that horror movies cause violence, right? And they and they do have the line where he says. Uh, Scary movies don't create killers. They make killers. They uh, they don't create psychos. They make psychos more creative. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's actually a pretty valid assessment of how uh-huh. it can be done. So it ends up having its cake and eating it too by giving us a psycho yep. that's inspired by horror movies, but then basically saying like, "Oh, he was going to do this anyway. Right. Yeah. He just did it this way. Yeah. 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 He made he made his choices because of the horror movies he yeah. saw. Yeah. They were all gonna. He was gonna kill. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh. I do. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about was the character of Sydney because she is so interesting. Like she is one of a long line of final girls. Uh, they make a point to say in the movie that uh, you know the the history of women in horror is this sort of you know it's like one of the the uh, one of the, she says it herself. She says uh, some big breasted right, dumb yes. girl who goes up the stairs instead of out the front door. Right. Exactly. Yeah. She's she makes like some self commentary on like the way women are normally depicted. There's also the commentary from uh, Jamie Kennedy's character about the kinds of women that survive horror movies. Right. We get to watch, like you said, we get to watch Sydney break that chain, actually, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was interesting is Sydney starts the movie as the like hyper capable, like sort of this final girl we've never seen before. This mm-hmm. like hyper capable, very smart, ready for this, willing to go, oh, I'm calling your bluff and just walk yep. out on the yep. front porch. But the the killers actually end up sort of forcing her into the role that final girls normally play. When you get to Sydney, like, sort of three-quarters of the way through the movie... She's wearing a black leather jacket. And, and, well, she, she also, like, she doesn't... Rem- heeled she, boots. She suddenly doesn't trust herself anymore. She doesn't yeah. trust her opinion of her mother anymore. She doesn't really... Know, you know, she doesn't trust whether she put the right guy away for what happened to her mom anymore. They have literally turned her into... These sort of self-doubting, a little more manic. Well, and that's that's kind of their own undoing too, is because their plan was right. to turn her into the final girl. Yes. And because she is already not that type, right. they can only get her halfway there. Right. You know, they can only get her and well, they try to they try to break her from being the final girl. Mm-hmm. He has sex with her. They they force her They're to tr- not go yep. out the door. They force her up the yep. stairs. They're trying know? to force her into the role of a victim. That's exactly. like yep. and then the 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 big titted dumb girl does go out the front right. door and the garage eats her. Yeah, but even she has such a good like arc in the way that she's trying to fight back from what's happening. She's like, okay, really? All right, fucker. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. to move because I need to get inside. Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna take this upon my own self. And then she fucking like gets stuck in the door yes, and yeah. kind of is her own undoing. Uh-huh. And like but that's cool too. <laughs> well, and that's that's a subversion. She goes, yeah. fine, I'm gonna go out the door. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm gonna hit the killer, I'm gonna throw beer at him, and I'm going out the door, and then that backfires. Whereas mm-hmm. Sydney, I would say three times goes up the stairs. Yeah. And is always always fine. Yep. But uh, not because she wanted to go up the stairs, no. but because She's they like tried to force to. her in that yep. way. Yep. yep. It's it was really interesting to me. Like we 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 talked about it in that one scene where um what, why can't Billy, right? That's the Billy boyfriend's Loomis. name? Billy yeah, Billy Loomis. Uh, where Billy at school, after he's been accused and released, is talking to her and he is trying <laughs> to guilt trip her into like, 
hey, you accused me of this and you shouldn't have, so now yeah. you should probably have sex with me because of that. Like, that's sort yeah. of what he's trying so to say. It quickly, too. It happens really quickly. And she's but, like, what? <laughs> yeah, but it's also like that. I mean, I, I brought it up as gaslighting was what I said during the movie, yeah. which it, it is a good example of that. But it's also, a, that seems to me like a really smart thing that is, uh, I would imagine Kevin Williamson, that's the guy's name that wrote it, right? Yes. Kevin Williamson, that he brought to his, I would imagine that's right in the script, where he is looking at, Okay, so we're gonna make Sydney the like very capable final girl, like we've never had a capable final girl before. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna make the story the way men actually treat women to try and degrade them into the role of a victim. That's literally what's happening in that scene is he is like straight up trying to manipulate her into the role of his victim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's fascinating to watch like a movie that is ostensibly a fun slasher movie that's a very self-aware slasher movie, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, fucking Wes Craven got interested in this because of, I think, all of those things that Williamson oh, put absolutely. in script. Craven well, is big, well aware of all those That's the big criticism of slasher movies right. is the treatment of yep. that final girl because we worship her because she's pure. Yes. She's able, when Randy goes over the rules, she's able to defeat the killer because she's pure. Of her you fuck, you die. Yep. And then in this one, you know, we have him gaslighting her into... I need to before I can kill you. I need to make you, you know, impure, yep. or else I'll never win. Yep. And then she, of course, takes that back by becoming impure yep. and planned and work. Sorry. Still, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. even and, like and I'm putting impure. I don't know if you're. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if impure is the word. Well, I mean, but, becoming uh, impure by the standards of a horror movie, you yeah. fuck, you die. It, right. In the She's context a virgin of that, that loses right. her virginity mm-hmm. and therefore should die. And as part of Billy's plan is now I. I can kill her from his crazy perspective is now she no longer has the protective shield of air quotes purity to protect her. Now that she has been air quotes sullied. Yeah. You got to do this for the the podcast. Now I can kill her, but that is not the case. Right. Yeah, that's uh, the big joke about among like women that do horror movies mm-hmm. is it's like I am the final girl. Mm-hmm. I am smart. I am capable. Mm-hmm. I also look great in a wet t-shirt, uh-huh. and um, you can chase me up the steps, and yeah. I will kick you in the balls. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's always a ball kick. Always a ball kick. Yeah. Always. Well, another interesting thing about that aesthetic, we find out that Billy is mad because his mom left. After Sydney's mom and his father had an affair and it caused yep. his mom to leave. And he puts 100% of the blame on Sydney's mom. <laughs> right. Not his dad. Right. right. Meanwhile, that's a 50 50 split. Totally. You know, they're both at fault there. But yep. to him, it's no, your, your mom corrupted my dad. Right. And it's like, no, no, and no. Made his your mom parents leave were corrupt. When, like, know? maybe that, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Like not the way they that both works. fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But he doesn't see it as that. It's your, your mom was a whore. Mm-hmm. She used her whorish ways to, mm-hmm. to, you know, sully my dad. And then my mom left. And abandonment causes me to murder. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's that, it's that big overarching sort of label that you put on men, right? Toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And the first time in a horror movie-ish, sort of, even though, like, Friday the 13th, he's controlled by his mom. So yes, it's like... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and this one, too, the first person that dies is the jock. Yeah. They yeah. put him in an athlete jacket, yep. in the, the letter jacket, because... And the yeah. nice girl, he kills the jock. Of, maybe, that is, like, his girlfriend... Yes. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 right. Uh, well, Drew the Barrymore thing is, though, is like kind of nice, but she also was like she is in some small way. Now, this is a strong word. She's not, she's not a whore, but she's the whore. In mm-hmm. that, the first thing that he asks is, "Do you have a boyfriend?" She says, "No." And then later, she's like, "No, no, no, I do." I lied. And it's funny because when he comes on, he's got the sexy killer voice, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, I'll play single." Mm-hmm. And then, so these two people did essentially break the horror movie rules, which sets up. 
what this killer thinks can be exploited now. Right. right. They followed the rules. The jock went. Yep. The whore went. Boom. It's so, even funny too now that if you think about like Billy as the person making that phone call, if he is the person making that phone call, right. that he is the one sort of like tricking her into, hey baby, like you wanna, mm-hmm. you got a boyfriend? She's like, no. So even putting that upon like his dad and yes. and oh, Sydney's yeah. mom, where it's like, well, she said no, so it's all her fault, right? Yeah, yeah. But exactly, then the other question exactly, is though, yeah. what if it's not Billy? What right. if it's Stu? Because yeah. Stu used to date her, mm-hmm. and according to their conversation, she left him for Steve. Right. And whereas she has the ability to make that choice, mm-hmm. that's not a choice that he's willing to have her give, and right. therefore she is branded as the horror movie whore. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, I, it is so fascinating that this movie is able to say all that stuff directly out loud to us. Without us being like, ah, this thing sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? That seems like a thing that normally I would be like, ah, this thing is just expositing about everything it's doing. It it just has this very unique. I don't even know how to put put my finger on what that is. Like well, how I it's think achieving it, it, that. It skirts the expositing by when disasters happen, we do the same thing. That's true. We all go, oh, this is kind of like a movie. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of, it's hard to believe that this is real because it doesn't feel real. Right. And so by having them have these conversations where they say, quote unquote, I feel like I'm in a Wes Carpenter movie, <laughs> yeah. which is a ton of fun. It's great. Uh, the, the way that they do that is a slightly heightened uh, version of what we do. Uh-huh. It's, the, it's, you know, Meta. we... Yeah, exactly. Meta. Well, that's the thing is by doing that, they're able to give us the exposition of the background of 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 Sydney of mm-hmm. Liev Schreiber as a yep. cotton weary. <laughs> He's literally in one world. shot of this movie. One shot. He doesn't blow up till the second one. Yeah, and um, yeah, and so by doing that, we get the exposition without feeling like we're being told, even though we kind of are just being told yeah. because they go, "Oh, this is kind of like a movie. Where would we fit into that movie?" Well, you know, you've got the sordid history, right. so you would fit in with that, and and you're this, so you yep. and so it ends up. You know, being really broadly expository without feeling that way. Yeah, it feels like entertaining, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I guess it's that self-aware tone that uh, that allows for that. It's interesting that they were able to pull that off so well because the movie is constantly doing it. It's not <laughs> like it does it briefly so that we get the point. It that's what the movie is. It's just yeah. going through that the whole time. I was like super impressed by that. That I was like so entertained by it. And maybe because it's like the first that right. did it, so right. now it's not referencing some. It's like referencing the other movies, but it's not referencing another reference. So it's we're not like being not a scary movie, right? Yeah. We're yeah, like yeah. not mad at it, right? Right? Yeah, that might be true because it's really honest in the way it presents That's it true. too. Where yeah. it's just like this is the way things are. This is the way movies go, and blah blah blah. Not like. <laughs> You see that movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Well, you know what I'm talking about. They don't lift anything directly. They're they're making fun of tropes. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. The the only thing they lift directly are music cues, which is are used <laughs> great and well, all make sense. With with well, at the Halloween beginning they, they direct, do kind of well they twinkle the into the Halloween thing when yeah. she says her favorite scary movie is Halloween in the first right. scene. Yes. There's a small piano cue, yeah. but it's not direct. But then when they're watching Halloween. Mm-hmm. And more specifically, when Kenny the cameraman is watching Randy yeah. watch Halloween yeah. <laughs> with the music from Halloween play, that uh-huh. is some you know get, he's right behind you. Yeah. That's so uh, good. You know, that that's kind of the whole movie right there. That's the distillation of everything. Yes, yeah. That one of my favorite shots of the movie actually was right there where Jamie Kennedy is is watching that while the the killer is right behind him, uh, and you see Jamie Kennedy's reflection in the TV. 
But the scene that's playing is the scene from Halloween where the boy's body comes out of the closet. Yeah. And so you've got Lori on one side of the frame, the falling body on the other side of the frame, and then the reflection of Jamie Kennedy right in between their two bodies. Mm-hmm. It was such a fat. I don't know how to just. It's like such a fascinating tableau of and like. And the camera and, didn't get in the television it's reflection. Right, exactly. Yeah. Gosh, it was just crazy to me the way it was like all layered. You know, he was literally like, here's my movie, like graft on top of this, yep. the classic of this genre oh the classiest slasher movie yeah. there ever was yeah. i mean that's i wouldn't say it's the first slasher movie right but, probably not well you look at something like black christmas no there, there no, were no villain came out of it right it was a slasher movie by definition yep. but there was no there was no slasher yeah it did not know? start the franchise of that of the the we never black see christmas. it really right yeah but and like you know uh like terror train that's a that's right. a one-off thing uh Brown night. Uh, yeah. Okay, I don't want to get into this, but yeah. Halloween was the first one that kind of spawned a. Oh, we're gonna follow Michael Myers. We're gonna yeah. follow this guy. We like the way this guy kills. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. him another menu yeah. of kids, <laughs> so you can kill them too. Uh-huh. I think he just goes after Laurie again. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much. He goes after Laurie again in the second one, well, and then in um, H two O, and yeah. then Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. With um, Thomas Ian Nicholas of Rookie of the Year fame. <laughs> And of course, uh, he's an American fuck. Pie, isn't he? He is. Yeah. What's that? What's the rapper's name? I, I always want to say Exhibit. It's not Exhibit. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes is it? Oh, Buster Rhymes has a great line in Halloween Resurrection. He's explaining to the cops at the end. He's like, "You can't stop Michael Myers. He ain't a man. He will kill a shark." <laughs> like, oh, is he? Okay. I thought he was a killer man. Gotcha, Busta. Yeah. Yeah. Busting some rhymes. <laughs> Busta Rhymes, the final girl in that movie, for real. Yeah, <laughs> He's one of the survivors. Hilarious. Okay. That's uh, and then three is not Michael Myers, and four, right. five, and six uh, are just other things. Uh-huh. <laughs> Curse of Michael Myers, legit. Yeah, totally legit. Uh, Paul I Rudd. Gotta, I gotta get through more of that series. <laughs> it's got Paul Rudd in it. No, actually, in, in Halloween Resurrection, the because Halloween H two O was the one that was supposed to be the end. They brought right. Laurie Strode back, <laughs> yeah. and she was she was back to do it. Her versus you know her, her versus the monster at yeah. the end, and they they give the most. This is over yeah this is over he is unequivocally dead then the very beginning of the last one ret uh resurrection totally retconned so uh-huh. that he's not dead pretty clever retcon if i don't <laughs> and they got uh jamie lee curtis in because she said if we're gonna keep making these just fucking kill me <laughs> and she's the first victim in the that's opening hilarious. scene. they just yeah fine that's great. Like, enough i enough. love it yeah i kind of love her for that that's great oh yeah she's yeah. like i i can't escape it yeah. so you know what Kill me. Uh-huh. The end. Yeah, I like that. It's a good flick. Spoiler yeah. alert, but you know. Well, I'll explain to you the retcon after this. After I, I'm pretty sure there. I'm familiar it's with it. It's incredible. Yeah, uh, a body switched in an ambulance. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's 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 a clean <laughs> retcon. Uh-huh. It's a very clean retcon. And when you watch H2O, the way that Michael Myers behaves, it's it's clean. That's it's funny. Clean. Okay, all right. It's not done on purpose, but yeah. it's clean. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Clean uh, retcon. That's uh, listen. I got to finish my my walk through the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and then get back to my uh, Friday the Thirteenth marathon, so I can finish that, and uh, then we'll jump on the Halloween train. Mm-hmm. That's that's up next. Oh yeah, yeah. but it's Halloween. Well, I know I watched Halloween just the other day. Actually, I, I try to watch it uh, every year at the season. I fucking love that movie. It's so good. It's great. Uh, I oh. try to watch Halloween Town. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. That's my fave. Of course, there's no no bump it's in the night. Not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama's well, Revenge is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> one of the one of the things that I think makes Scream such a uh, 
it avoids becoming the worst yeah. because the way that it's mocking the horror movies is with nothing but pure reverence towards them. Right. You know, it is, it's not a parody. It's not scary. Movie. It's a satire. Right. Uh, it is just, it's saying, we know that these things don't make sense, but we're going to make those things make sense. Yeah. And then we can see truly why we love them. Yes. You know, why do we why do we love it when the bad guy, when no matter how far you run, he just catches up? That makes no sense. Right. Like you said, they do the two killer thing to explain yep. it, but then it becomes clear, like, oh, that's one of those things in a horror movie that even though it doesn't make sense, I, I have a reverence I, for it. I, 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 I love like that. Yeah. I require that. Yeah, you exactly. Know, like that's important yeah. in the horror movie. Why is it part of the formula? I don't know. I, I don't know. You know? Yeah. Why does but it work? Yeah. That, that's why it's part of the formula, is it just works. It just works. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why horror movies end up being such good episodes for us uh-huh. is because they are quote unquote movie movies. Totally. They just, they're, they're using the, the, the value isn't always just on paper. Right. They're using the tricks to, to lie to you effectively. Totally. Well, like uh, think about this. So this is not like a, a Wes Craven written movie, right? It's this guy, it's Kevin, Kevin Williamson, Kevin Williamson yeah. writes it. So uh, think about if this movie Crater were of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Think about if this, which is uh, makes, makes sense. sense, totally makes sense. The, what, like one of the things I was going to say bef- uh, is this is essentially a John Hughes movie with a slasher in it. Mm-hmm. That's like kind of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Why they uh, didn't use the "I don't want to wait for our lives I, to be over" song? That's I, a, that's like thematically yes, appropriate. Of course, huh? yeah. Uh, <laughs> like the jitterbug or something. Why didn't they have a James Vanderbeek mask? <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Five head. Uh, <laughs> but like you could do the thought experiment where that's not who, where Wes Craven doesn't direct this movie, right? He didn't write it. It's not like it was his original. So he got hired to direct this movie. So you could do the thought experiment where this is not directed by Wes Craven. And I think it's probably a way less interesting, not quite as good movie yeah, if no. he's not at the helm. There's something about it being him, the guy that was one of the progenitors of the sort of slasher as like an icon mm-hmm. that uh, permeates pop culture. Something about him being the one to tell this story, I think lends a lot to that sort of self-aware lens that it has. Yeah. Like if this were some new young filmmaker that came in to make Scream and it was super referential, still referential and even as reverent as this is to all these other slashers, I don't think it would have the same feeling of like, yeah, but this was made by a guy who like lived all of this. It wouldn't stuff. feel as authentic. And yeah, it wouldn't feel as like. Well, he's a guy that knows honest. how to make a good movie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He had just he was two years off of uh, New Nightmare. Oh, which was the second time that he redefined horror, right? Because that's kind of the first. It's like the progenitor meta horror, really. Movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that I believe I, I don't know if he had a hand in writing that. I can find that out. I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, he wrote. He wrote that. He did. So yeah. he already had a foot in the door of why? Why horror? Yeah. You know, and he had just done. Uh, I believe it's music of the heart. Oh right, it's Gloria Estefan drama. Uh huh. That is, I, from I've never, I've seen, never seen it, it, but from what I understand, it's a well made oh, movie. She's it's fine. so lovely. Though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so is Wes. But the thing is, it shows he can make. Yeah. It's his for love of He's the a game. That's same way. He knows how to make a good movie. Yeah. But he is. He's married to horror, mm-hmm. and you know, New Nightmare was him. Really creating a meta horror in that he's a character in it yep. trying to write this demon out of his scripts. Crazy thing. Uh-huh. But, you know, and so I, I think in that sense, he did sort of write Scream because right. I don't think you can write Scream without having seen New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, right. Like New you know, that, Nightmare. That has to have been an influence. Yeah, bo- sort of birthed the idea in Kevin Williamson, who then somehow got Wes Craven to make that movie. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Another thing that's very interesting about Kevin Williamson, he was inspired by the the Gainesville murderer. 
And this is in Gainesville, Florida. There was a short burst of serial killings amongst, I think, it, I forget what university it was. It might have just been Florida University. Okay. And it caused like a huge, huge problem in this area because two young girls killed in their dorm. And then it happened again. And they mm. were like, you know, like head in the lap, put Whoa. in crazy positions. Yeah. Rapes, murders, rapes, murders, rapes, yeah. murders. Guys, girls, doesn't matter. Yeah. But it was to the point where people who were going away to college for the first time, their first taste of freedom is suddenly a bad thing. Yeah. So like that semester, a lot of people pulled out. A lot of yeah. people didn't go. Classes didn't happen. And so in this little bubble, there was a fervor. There was a, there was a news presence. There was a Gail yep. Weathers. Yeah. And there was actually someone who was, as a result of the news presence, accused, had his life ruined, and Whoa. then was completely exonerated. They yeah. did eventually find who did it. And it was that fervor that he saw that and said, I want to write something that sort of creates that local fervor. Yep. And then, you know, it morphed from there into being a, a metatextual That's commentary. That's so interesting because, like, it sounds like the inspiration for this is what becomes the, what's the character name? Cotton? Yeah. Co uh, Cotton Wheatley? Or? Cotton Weary. Weary, yeah. Cotton Weary, like, who ultimately is a very background part of this story. I mean, he's a very key component to the story, but he's not, you know, that part of the story is not the main... I don't think we would ever say that's like, oh, that's the thrust of the story or that's mm -hmm. the that's the A plot of the story. It's so interesting that it sounds like the A plot of the story he read, this guy getting falsely accused for murdering a bunch of people, uh, inspires this script that then that guy ultimately becomes like a very sort oh, of he's, like... Oh, he's a, an afterthought. He's, yeah, yeah, he's like an afterthought in it. It's very interesting. Uh, but that's one of the things I, I really love about Scream is, is that diehard quality it has where there's a really intricate sort of plot happening here mm -hmm. uh, where all of these people are intertwined in a history that we don't know a lot about at the beginning of the movie and is sort of slowly unveiled to us as the movie goes on. That is such a smart way to make this not just a guy with a knife killing teenagers mm -hmm. movie. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I love about the character of Gail Weathers. She's making a movie. Right, you're right. She wants to have a Pulitzer. Yeah. She wants to find the most exploitative... Uh -huh. Slasher. Uh -huh. She wants to find that because I, I believe she says something like, "Oh, I was supposed to cover some celebrity divorce or right. whatever it was," yep. but <laughs> who'd have thought? Yeah, and like she's <laughs> just trying to command the media. Yep. And uh, Billy and Stu, they framed it. Cotton was easy to frame. Yeah. They commanded that media. Yeah. And in this movie, it's a command of the media. I, that's actually an interesting lens to view this movie through. Too is in 1996, a movie that's about the media and the way the media can sort of basically change events. You know what I mean? Like a guy mm -hmm. gets accused of something that he did not do uh, because of, you know, we could say maybe because of like media representation and stuff like that. Uh, this also would have been the year that the OJ trial happened and I, stuff, I right? I was just looking I, like, that up. It's fascinating that that's like, because, you know, o the OJ trial is kind of classically referred to as the, whatever, the sort of uh, the, the, uh, what's 1995. It? 1995. Well, so that really makes sense. This is the shadow of it. That that is classically referred to as like the moment that our culture really shifted into this like media heavy, media saturated culture. So interesting that just a year later we get Scream, where that's like really the sort of basis on which this and Princess Diana was buried. Holy shit! Yeah, this is all right in that time where like new media was sort of really mm -hmm. kind of coming into its own. And sort of reshaping our our opinions of things in the the uh, OJ documentary that just came out, yeah, which is phenomenal, yeah, like, truly phenomenal. Mm -hmm. 
um, one of the things that they cover in that is precisely that phenomenon. Yeah, phenomenon. <laughs> and um, the OJ chase, which if I close my eyes and think back, that's really the first piece of news that I remember being hooked by. Yeah. And the, they actually interview the the helicopter uh, that was the, the helicopter <laughs> yeah. driver that was. But it's funny too. Uh, went through a sex change. Whoa! And so it's just wild that they're just talking to someone who's clearly transgendered. Yeah. But that's not even the story. He's right. Like, that's I was not flying the story. This this at all, yeah. But it's a. Uh, they talk about how during that chase, because of the news coverage, midway through that chase, there was people holding up signs, go OJ, run OJ, oh on my like the, God. the freeway crosswalks. Yeah. So they're and literally like, seeing something on TVs, probably at that time in the windows of hardware stores. And, and then, then we're you know, watching them yeah. on our TVs. And it, it completely, it happened like that. Yeah. And so, yeah. That's wild. God, yeah, that's, I love sensationalism. Yeah, media. well, yeah. I fucking love it. That's, that's the, when people, one of the, I think it was Chuck Klosterman had an essay mm-hmm. about this that I thought was so interesting. He said, people complain about the media for all of its problems. He's like, but they forget one thing. It works. Yeah. In that, the media gives us exactly what we ask of it. Yeah. The problem is we forget that what we ask of it is what it's giving us. Yeah. And we can bitch and moan about what is presented to us, but that is what, whether we say we want it, that is what we, in the methods to producing that, yeah. we are ordering that. Mm-hmm. The the media machine is perfect. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Uh-huh. It gives you exactly what you want, and you give it back exactly what it requires. Uh-huh. It's It's unreal. Yeah. That's ah oh man, it is so fascinating to me that this movie. That's what actually kind of part of what this movie is about. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about it while we were watching it. Oh, Gail Weathers media is a great, really, yeah. great, and her name is Gail yeah, Weathers. Yeah, Gail Weathers. I know <laughs> that's, that's amazing. <laughs> that is oh, so funny. Her outfits are so sharp. Yep, yep. Ah. She's always in Damn bright it. neon colors. Uh-huh. Neon colors. <laughs> well, she's a tabloid journalist. Love her. <laughs> what a mess. Uh, hey, we got to talk about Dewey then, too, because oh, I really feel Dewey. like we need to pay David Arquette a huge compliment. Oh, yeah. He is really funny in this movie. He's very <laughs> endearing in this movie. I feel like that dude, because he played characters like this, didn't get uh, the credit he deserved oh, yeah. as a, like a pretty good actor that also is like a really great comic actor. He is pretty great in this movie, I think. He's kind of the heart and soul yeah. of the movie in terms of... Uh, you're rooting for Dewey. Yeah. You know, and, and honestly, as one of the characters that carries through all four uh-huh. entries, he's kind of the guy that you root, you root for his romance with Gail Weathers yeah. because he's such a schlub <laughs> that it grounds her. Uh-huh. And she's like so unattainable to him that that it ends up being this charming thing. But uh, my, my favorite Dewey line is when he yells at his sister Tatum. When she's like, dude, when they're in the the, uh, the police station, she's like, Dewey, can we go? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're siblings. This is how we act. And he points to his badge, and he's like, mom says when I'm wearing this badge, you treat me like a man of the law, <laughs> which is incredible because he has to invoke mom. I know. It's <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. That Don't is so... talk to me like that, like, in front of my superiors. Yeah. Like, he's me. my superior. Yeah. <laughs> I listen. I also have to talk about how much it really broke my nearly thirty-year-old heart to have him say, "Hey, I'm 25. Yeah. I'm a man." Uh, that like really fucking crushed me. A, I doubt he was 25 when I'm this came out. Up. There's no up. way that's true. <laughs> that can't be true. Yeah, right. Because that was that actually would yet. truly crush me if he was 25 <laughs> when this no movie way. came out. Uh, but also just that notion. He was 24. Are you kidding? <laughs> He was born in 1971, Jesus. so 1995 is 24, meaning that when it was filmed, it was very likely he was 23. Holy so. shit. <laughs> that 
Is it just Holy me that looks like a twelve-year-old boy? Like every other celebrity looks like a grown-ass <laughs> person. David Arquette though still still looks Smoking. like he's in. Yeah. The, in, in, what a fox. He hasn't he hasn't aged. Oh god, that Not kills like me though. Yeah, so he hasn't aged like the other Arquettes. <laughs> that kills me. Well, I mean, yeah. God damn it! I did. I thought it was really funny when uh, Gail and Sydney are face to face for the first time and they're arguing <laughs> that we are meant to believe that Sydney is a teenager and Gail is an adult woman. Uh, yeah, because there is no good. distinct difference between <laughs> those two women. No. Uh, in fact, uh, the character of Tatum, uh, like, kind of looks like she's like modeled her fashions on the Friends cast, and she's like standing in front of one of those cast members who's clearly also her age. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that is pretty funny. And then in the background, there's like a whole bunch of actual teenagers yes. that are just like hanging. Yeah. Out. yeah. <laughs> So at the time Very of Dawson's this movie, Creek. yes, please. I'm so uh, curious about this. Nev Campbell was yeah. 22. 22. Okay. So Sydney was 22. Yep. And How that would make Courtney Gail Weathers. Cox. Courtney Cox was 31. Oh, okay. So still younger yeah, than me. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Uh-huh. But um, yeah. Yeah. Enough of an age difference there that I shouldn't be complaining like I am. Yeah, but I mean, they they look. I mean, they're they're both pretty attractive women. They yeah, look they look yeah. very uh yeah. Drew Barrymore at the time yeah. was uh 20. She's from she's nineteen seventy five. She's she's only forty one now. That is wild to me. These women have all been women to me my entire life. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Well, you were a small boy when this I, movie. Came I understand. Out. <laughs> like I was saying before, I watched Quiz Show and yeah. Rafe, Ralph Fiennes, uh, Rafe Fiennes <laughs> in it. And in making that movie, he was thirty two. Yeah. And looking at him watching it, I still viewed it as like, ooh, when I grow up, uh-huh. I want to be like Ray Fiennes, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, he's an old man. Uh-huh. But it's like, no, I'm I'm older than him. Right. In that. And I am not a boy. Yeah. <laughs> I have three decades under uh-huh. my belt. Ugh, I'm older than all of them filming that movie, and yeah. I don't look even remotely older than <laughs> any of them filming No, I that would movie. never confuse you for not being a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you audition for the uh the anti Trump commercial where it was like adolescent girls that it was, were being it was were, like were overhearing year olds, his awful yeah. words? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was like me and a bunch of moms and a bunch of kids in an audition room. You're like, I can sign my own paperwork. Well, that's Thank exactly you very much. Was. I was like, man, there's a lot of people here. And like, what did the director say? Like, he said, come back in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> here, you want to hear something really funny? Yeah. So I knew that W. Earl Brown, the guy who plays Kenny the cameraman, I knew yeah. that he played Meatloaf in the VH1 biopic. <laughs> right. Did you know he also played Cameron Diaz's retarded brother and there's something about Mary? That's that guy? That's Warren. Holy Don't touch his ears. Moly. That's Warren. Yep. Wow. Amazing. He was having, man, his 90s were pretty great. Oh, yeah. What if he he was having a great decade. He had a good decade. He got to be retarded, and then he got to be a camera guy. <laughs> he got to get his like neck slit. That's cool. That was, it was actually a good neck slit, too. Yeah. That's like a fact really that, that is a, a kill that happens often in slasher movies. I love that it, just though. direct neck slit. Yeah. Uh, well, because it's that silicone sort of Yeah, like, but that one looks pretty good, I thought. Yeah. I, I like Well, because then he gets to hang from the ceiling. Right, which was really cool, actually. I, I which is funny. That's like there's a lot of, you know, as much as it's referencing a bunch of other horror movies by name, it's also doing a lot of stuff that it's like, to me, that feels like a callback to the way uh, in the original Halloween, Michael Myers kills a bunch of people in the one house, but unbeknownst to us, the audience then rearranges those bodies mm-hmm. to be like a house of horrors for yeah. Lori when she shows up at that house. Yeah. What a jerk. Uh, oh, that's one of my favorite things about that movie. Yeah. Uh, and so I like that, the the it, you know, it sort of references that with the camera guy is 
on top of the van so yeah. that when she tries to speed away, his bloody body will come down the 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 windshield. Yeah, I'm like I, I I love that it's got references like well, loose. The references whole thing like is that. about their presentation, right? Because even at the end when right. they're stabbing each other, they're directing it. Yeah, going this is what we need to have happen. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna stab you yep. and then kill himself and then we'll be found yep. you know we'll be the only survivors yep. and it's like they're still orchestrating it yeah but then they don't have a good prop guy because he wears the gun yeah yep. you know and then everything starts to as their production he's falls an apart idiot. he's an idiot <laughs> that's oh I, he has that great line where he's like did you really call the police <laughs> it's like yeah you bet yeah my mom and dad are gonna be so bad <laughs> they destroyed his house didn't they wasn't yeah. the party at yeah. his yeah. house yep. yep oh it's so funny they that, pulled apart his Feather couch. <laughs> oh, well, that was Billy being a jerk. Yeah. I know, he's but a that's also part of like you could tell he was he was directing. Like that's yeah. a good thing to have found there. You yes, know? yeah. Uh, well, that I love that at the end, their ultimate undoing is their own both stupidity and planning. They spent so much time planning all of these things so that it would be impossible to know that there were two of them. And then the fact that there were two of them would make it even harder. Like, no one would know that, so it would be harder to discover all this. They have planned everything within an inch of its life, kind of. Mm -hmm. But that's actually their undoing, because by the end, their plan is actually kind of a dumb plan. It's probably like another thing they saw in another horror movie that they're not smart enough to realize, yeah, but these are all movies. So, like, not all of this necessarily will make sense or work in practice, Mm. you know? And there's actually one huge hole in their plan. There's a huge hole that crumbles apart that even if they got away with it, they don't get away with it. And it's one of my favorite things to think about in most horror movies is at the end, you go, how do you explain this to the cops? Yeah. How do the cops believe that Sydney, who has at this point worn the costume yep. and killed people yep. while wearing it, how do they not How do they? Not I think just... about that all the time. There was a camera filming oh my almost God. all yeah. of that. Right, yep. right. I didn't even think Gail's about that. Gail's camera saves yep. the day. Saves the day. It watches Billy cut up the couch. Yep. It watches Stu attempting to kill her and the TV falling yeah. out of it. It watches all of that. Yeah. Randy is is uh he's cleared because he's sitting yep. on the couch yep. with the killer behind him. Yep. Everyone who's who's so shared a scene in that in room closet. with the killer, dad's in the closet, but that, that hallway is right Crazy there next in the to that camera, room. Yeah. That camera fixes everything. That's crazy. So even the question of, yeah, but I mean, when when they do all the paperwork, who's yeah, gonna who are they gonna what? believe? Yeah. The evidence is there. It's all there. Yeah. Yep. Big That's, hole in their plan. Oh, my God. That is so funny. I don't know if they planned oh, that, if, if that was planned in the script. <laughs> right. but like, even if it was just a goofy device, but... Uh, no, I would bet it is there. planned. because Yeah, why not? They thought of everything else. Well, and that's the whole thing with the two killers, too. Like, to me, it seems like all that stuff is specifically written into this movie because it, the movie is very specifically trying to go... It, it, to me, it feels like Kevin oh, Williams fixing all the standard. It plot feels holes, like yeah. Kevin Williamson having this conversation that we're having right now. Like every time I get to the end of a horror movie, I'm like, how are they ever going to believe that she's not the one that killed all these people? Yeah. It feels like he had that conversation. Was like, oh, I'll write the movie that solves every one of those holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the camera wouldn't exist just to have another homage to Halloween, like, right? It it wouldn't. It would have to serve yeah. the plot in some way. Mm-hmm. Well, but I, it also did have that great. A thematic thing where uh, Kenny is watching it yes. as it's happening. Right, of yes. course. And then I love that it's it's his undoing too. Yeah. Because he sees him and he's like, "Oh shit!" And he gets out there, realizes the thirty, 30 second, second delay. delay yep. Neck cut. Right That's a neck. fun thing. That's a really fun thing. Uh, it's fun, but like, yeah, exactly. It's, it doesn't yeah. have any weight unless it is that that yeah. fix. Yeah, I think that's got to be what it is. That is so fascinating that that's kind of also the premise of this movie. Is like, oh, we'll make a slasher movie that makes sense. 
Mm. That's like one of the premises of this movie. I want to talk about uh, two things that I loved in this movie. Yeah. Two extremely humorous scenes that serve as red herrings. One of them, the red herring, doesn't last that long. Yeah. And it's after uh, Principal Fonzie uh-huh. threatens those guys with the scissors. <laughs> that scene is he incredible. He cuts up the one mask, but yeah. then cut to him kind of looking at the mask in the mirror and having this moment. Then it's undercut later when he's holding the mask and he looks and sees his own reflection and jumps. Yeah. He's then immediately killed by the killer. Yeah. But uh, that's a great scene just I love for him scene. performing yeah. the hell out of that. And kudos to Scary Movie. They parodied that character over the loudspeaker. And they gave him this little voice like that. <laughs> like they gave him like uh-huh. the a really good parody of, of the fun of the Winkler voice. Uh-huh. So that's a great scene, and it's a red herring that's undercut. Uh-huh. Second funniest scene in the movie funniest scene in the movie is the sheriff and Dewey's conversation yeah. which oh, gives yeah. us the red herring of the sheriff's boots match the killer's boots yep. but uh, when Dewey approaches he's got a strawberry ice cream cone <laughs> and he sees that the sheriff is smoking, smoking a, cigarette. a cigarette he's like I thought you quit and he's like I thought I did too and then as they're having this conversation about how they're going to handle this killer situation they each have that same tick but yeah. they do it beat for beat and it's almost as if Dewey is is playing copycat yeah. because he idolizes this guy. But every time the guy takes a drag of the cigarette, he takes a lick of the ice cream <laughs> cone. And it's to the point where it happens so rapid fire. And then at one point, it doesn't happen right away. Yeah. And then almost as an afterthought, he like rushes into an ice uh-huh. cream. Like, oh, okay, we're back to ice, even. Ice. That is fucking brilliant. And then he puts the cigarette out and he's like, I'm going to keep this fucking yeah, ice yeah. cream. I swear to God, I've seen this movie like three times. And I was convinced he was like, again, I've seen it before i know this doesn't happen but i was convinced watching it this time that he was going to throw that ice yeah. cream cone on the ground Step and on stomp it. on it with his foot <laughs> i thought for sure that was how that scene was going to end uh, it's so good and that's, that's great that's scene. a great scene too that could have very easily become in your face tipped goofy, into that yep and they didn't do it no and david arquette of all people keeps right. it muted yeah that's i know awesome. yeah it's really wow. good that i was thinking about that in the ending actually in the finale like how humorous the finale ultimately is in like I was thinking about like is this undercutting the tension of this movie and then I thought about like not really the movie like has tension in it but is not specifically going for that as much as it's trying to be this very self-aware commentary on these things which is kind of funny in its own right Um, but I did find it really interesting that they sort of they kind of established these two characters that by the time they're revealed as the killers you almost can't have any reaction to it other than laughter. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? It's like it, it, it actually is kind of a wildly hilarious finale. Mm-hmm. One, because they are so wildly hilarious in their own actions, especially uh, um, Willard. Lillard. 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 It's like Fred Fred Willard? Fred Willard. Huh? Uh, uh, Matthew Lillard's character especially. But... Also, just like I'm the- picturing Fred Willard, just like, yeah, and you know what you gotta do? <laughs> you want to stab it in, but don't go too deep. My wife would kill me. If you get, like, <laughs> that is the best reduction. Of Fred Willard <laughs> is just you say a sentence, and then my wife would yeah, kill yeah. me. You understand? Because uh, I have a there's my pancreas. <laughs> probably right about there. I'm not a doctor, mind you, but uh, and, and you would just be doing that. That's my Fred Willard. What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> That's so good. But yeah, it's it's very funny, actually, when it's revealed that it's the two of them. Like, not just because Matthew Lillard is such, like, a ridiculous character, but there's something inherently hilarious about, oh, it's just two other teenagers that are fucking, have been shown to be shitheads throughout this movie. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's almost unbelievable that they are the killers when you get there. Oh, that they got this far. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. (laughs) uh, And so it was interesting to me. I was like, oh, is this undercutting the tension of this movie by having it be kind of so hilarious, this finale? But I don't. I actually kind of think, think so. that the movie really does want you to 
have the kind of fun that it is having by the end. But you know I think what I mean? that that's also scary too when yes. you realize like, oh, they have a big plan and all, right. but they're they're just they're like turning on each psychopath other. Psychopath teenagers that are going to murder yeah. each other. Yep. Yeah. These are Columbine kids. Yeah. Like you, they're 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 unpredictable. It is. You know. You just made me realize it is interesting that like the adults throughout the movie multiple times say things about like I don't understand this generation. Mm-hmm. Like the blah, they're fucked up. I hate this generation or whatever. And then at the end of the movie, we are presented with two guys that like very much represent what all of those adults are afraid of. You know what I mean? But at the same time, too, that's another commentary on the movies. Just like I said, whenever my mom walked into a movie, she would be like, what the fuck are you watching? And I'd be like, mom, I promise you that you just don't understand. (laughs) Uh, To quote DJ Jazzy Jeff (laughs) and Will Smith, your type is not into understanding this. And And it happens to me, too. I'm terrified of teenagers now. And I have no reason to be. I was one, and I probably act scarily, and I'm fine. Yeah. But it's that same thing, you know. Oh, they don't make them like they used to. Yeah. yeah and that's this horror movie is that, you yeah. know. That's but watching Scream, my dad, I'm sure, had the thought like, well, it's no Halloween, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, and yeah. So it's it is that little bit of that commentary. <laughs> yeah, that's kids are scary. Yeah. It'll be so. interesting to see how this movie. I mean, it, you know, it's what almost 20 years old now at this point. More. Um, 1996. It's exactly 20, 20 years, years old. old. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yep. 20 years old. Ooh. I was just going to say it'll be interesting to see how this movie ages, but it's aged. It's I think 20 it age, years old. It ages well, though. And it ages well, but oh. I, I mean more like uh, when we're in our 50s and uh, let's say we have the we have kids or whatever and they're, they get into horror movies and we show them this movie. The way I watch Halloween and I go like, oh, I love this movie. It's a great movie. I can't totally relate to the teenagers in this. They live mm-hmm. like a very different teenage life than I lived. It'll be interesting to see, like, I watch Scream even today, 20 years after seeing it when I was a teenager, and I go, like, oh, I remember being that teenager. Yeah. Like, yeah. I look at those teenagers and go, like, yeah, I remember being that teenager was, and around those teenagers. And also, teenagers. when you became a teenager, as I did, I was informed by Scream. Yes. Right. You know, there exactly. Because I, I probably typically saw it, like, preteen, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see. I would be curious to see, like, how a teenager 20 years from now, because how far are we removed from Halloween? Almost 50 years, right? Like, I'll be very curious to see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right? 79? Is that right? 78? 79? I think it's 78 or 79, but let's say 79, 89, 99, 2009. So, 40. so we're coming up on f- 40. It's still fucking yeah. retarded. Yeah. Oh my God. So 20 <laughs> more years from now. 20 more years from now. Yeah. How do teenagers look at Scream? Like, what do they see when they look at it? Do they see teenagers they don't recognize? Like, do they... What do you kids think of Scream? They'll be like, well, season 20 hasn't yeah, been that yeah, good, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know, season 19 was pretty yeah. good. I don't know, because Scream is so, like, techno like technology based right. too like halloween isn't so much right. but we're beyond all of the technology I know. in scream and i think it held up tonight yeah yeah but it i wonder in like it. It just 20 years it. if i would be curious about that cuz like in 20 years cuz landlines will not even be like kids not even going to have a reference for the phones like they're using all. yeah 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 It'll be interesting. I, I would be very curious to see how it ages into that. Uh, in, into that. It's the place. old Seinfeld question. Yeah. Watch any episode of Seinfeld, and it disappears if you put a cell phone in it. Yeah. Yep. Every Seinfeld problem goes away if someone could make a call. Yep. <laughs> and what is the deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the ad wizards Eating that came pickles up with this and one? Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld's joke now is, "What is the deal with cell phones?" Seriously, can someone explain them to me? I have yeah, no idea. Yeah. I don't. My whole show is based on not understanding them or having them. Someone please have explain you seen it to me. Curb your enthusiasm. 
this movie also has like a ton of iconic lines in it. Oh yeah, I forgot how many lines in this movie are like very memorable. It's like, a scream, I- baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, I just I I kind of forgot about like uh you know gut you like a fish. I forgot that that is scream. Uh, uh I want to play a game. Yeah, yep. That's been around. What's your favorite Still being scary used. movie? What's, yep. your, What's your favorite, favorite scary, scary movie? movie? Um Goon Fox. What if she was just like <laughs> I don't really like scary movies. I was going to watch Ella Enchanted. <laughs> like, oh. No, like that yeah. shit hasn't been invented <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> <laughs> It is kind of funny that this movie takes You've place. You've got mail, you mean? <laughs> she does say she, she wants to be, be in a Meg Ryan, Ryan movie. Uh, that was actually a very interesting line that Billy says. He's like, it's all a big movie. You don't really get to pick what kind of movie it yeah, is. Yeah, what genre. Yeah, what yeah, genre You don't get is. to pick your genre. That was kind of cool. Yeah, I do like that. I'm going to be in When Harry Met Sally. <laughs> I guess that's about the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys want to do some lists? What do you think? I was going to pull up... Final uh, thoughts on screens? going to pull up a quote. Oh, please. Actually, my, my favorite uh, my favorite two quotes in the movie go to Randy. I already said one of them was when he's like, it's the millennium. Yeah. Motives are incidental. Which yeah, is which is a, great. And then his other line when he pops back up after being shot, and he's like, oh, my God, I never thought I'd be so happy to be a virgin. <laughs> I love that. And it gets punched he, in the face. Like. Yeah, he gets, he gets rocked, but he's still like, the rules apply to him yeah. because he has put himself in this box of rules. Uh-huh. Had it. I'd be willing to bet that if he had somehow gotten laid at that party, he would have just bled out. He would have yeah. been like, whatever. I at least at least I had sex. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care I had sex. <laughs> <laughs> because he would have the rules are broken. Yep. Uh, I don't have any other lines. I was gonna see what we had in the No, the that's IMDb. okay. That's okay. Here's a piece of trivia. It's just the first piece of trivia. Now it's IMDB, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But the use of caller ID increased more than threefold after the release of this film. <laughs> Believe, it. <laughs> Believe it. So funny. Seems like a very random fact that somebody invented to put on the Scream IMDb. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's interesting. So the horror move, the horror film rules as stated in the movie are one, you will not survive if you have sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, you will not survive if you drink or do drugs. Yeah. Three, you will not survive if you say I'll be right back. And four, everyone is a suspect. Right. But throughout the movie, the killer actually introduces two more rules. And one of them is you will not survive if you ask who's there. Right. He yep. says that. And you will not survive if you go out to investigate a strange noise. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, they actually run Which through like... Which is why white people... <laughs> yeah. Screwed. Have you seen Cabin Fever? No. Oh, I don't want to say too much, but they do the best thing in Cabin Fever <laughs> where uh, they decide they're going to stick together, and so they pump that mind-altering chemical into the cabin. I- I've never he- seen that movie. Oh, uh, uh, what the fuck? I'll yeah. have to stop talking, but uh-uh. they comment okay. on the splitting up thing. Wait, you Brilliant. mean Cabin in the Woods? Cabin in the Woods. Did I say Cabin You Fever? said Cabin Fever. You oh. said Cabin Fever. Cabin yeah. in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. Sorry. Also yes. haven't seen it. Okay, well, you should still see But my friend Roshan well. says, fuck stuff. you white people. Yeah. There's a noise behind that door. Uh-huh. I am not I'm opening out. it. I am gone. He's right. Uh-huh. Have fun. Yep. On Cabin Fever, remember <laughs> yeah. when he's like, let's split, let's stick Cabin together. In the Cabin in the Woods. Sorry. Yeah. Like, Cabin Fever. It's so close. Fever in the Woods. Fever in the Woods. Fabin Kiever. And... John McKeever's hipper brother. And then (laughs) in Scary Movie, they comment on that really well. Right at the very beginning when they do the montage oh, of yeah, news vans at the story, the, the black newsman is leaning out of the van. He's like, this is blah, blah, blah with the black news. White people dead. We get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Smart movie. Yeah. They're probably going to point the finger at you yeah. or the gun. I, I actually was going to comment that that is the one trope that they don't touch in this movie because there's no black people not in this movie. Not a single Oh, wow. One. There's no not black a single people in the movie. Not a single one. Nope. Uh. Not even in the crowd. Nope. 
That I there's not a single black person in nope. this movie. Yeah, Woodsboro is, uh, which is a funny name in of itself. Uh-huh. In the woods, yep. I know. Woodsboro. I thought it was Westboro for a second. And I was oh, like, no. oh, Heather's time. Also, no black people nah. in Westboro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why I, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah, uh, I believe a black guy does show up in part three for a limited amount of time, <laughs> and uh, so well, be that as it finally may. got him in there. That's crazy. Yeah. It shows how far we have to go that until you said it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Although it actually I, the, the I sequel, the it. very first victim is Oh, the black um, dude dies first? Uh oh actually yeah, you're right. The black dude gets the the knife in the air first, and I then so. Jada Pinkett uh, Smith yeah. gets killed on stage. Which is a really interesting uh somebody brought that up to me earlier today. I told somebody what we were doing for our list, and I was like, Do you can you think of any that are like significant to you? And uh the person I work with said that uh the second kill in Scream 2, which would be the Jada Pinkett Smith yeah, moment, yeah. Uh, was one of their favorites because it happens in the movie theater that they're watching Stab at, and the audience assumes that it is sort of an act that's a part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, and so they were saying that it's like one of their favorite uh, like kills in a slasher movie because it's sort of it investigates this idea about like how kind of like dumb we are and how willing we are to be like, well, we just like want things to be like entertaining oh, yeah, and entertainment. Yeah. And so we'll just we like, want to put that distance. Yeah. We'll us, just yeah. kind of like run through that. Like we could be presented with death right in front of our eyes. And if we could think of any excuse for that, not to be what's happening, we're in, we're cool. We're, we're down with that. I thought that was pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. Not on my list, but not on mine either. Good, it's a good choice. Yeah, should we do some lists? Let's do lists. All right, let's do some lists. So, we what we decided to do was uh, not doing what's your favorite scary movie too broad. We want to do slasher kills Kills. because one of the cool things about slashers is precisely what we were just talking about. We don't just want our people dead, no, we want them dead creatively. They need to die in a way that we can talk about when we exit the movie. (laughs) If Jason just strangled people, it wouldn't be fun. But if he squeezes your skull until an eyeball pops out in 3D, Hell it's a blast. Yeah. It's a blast. So um, did anyone have any rules or caveats? I did my best to make sure they were, in fact, slasher movies, though I think we may all on our lists need to make some arguments about yeah. whether they are. And it's okay. If I don't watch to make that many slasher that, yeah. movies, but uh, I watch a lot of psychological thrillers. Fair enough. I'll and take exploitation it. movies. I'll take I it. think as long as the death method, the deathed, <laughs> the meth, nope, that's already a word. As long as the deathed is creative, I think it can be defended. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I would, I Mine would take are it. all slashers except for, I would say, my number two. Interesting. I have like three that are meh. We'll talk about them. <laughs> All right. I've got, uh, and I got it. You know, I have a couple honorable mentions and things like that as well. Fair enough. I have one um, honorable mention. I, I like to kick these things off. I'll do. I'll do it. Do it. I'm going to start with my number five. Is from you guys, Jason X. I'm going to continue defending the tenth Jason movie where Jason to goes to space. Me. Love that shit. I <laughs> love that movie. It's great. Uh, there is a when Jason first resurrects. Uh, which happens at the sound of a teenage girl's orgasm. That's how aware this movie is of what <laughs> movie it is. Uh, he grabs the first girl he sees. He takes her face and he puts it in. You guys are going to have to help me. I don't remember what that chemical is that instantly freezes things. Oh, um, yeah, liquid uh, nitrogen. Liquid, liquid nitrogen, nitrogen, yes. Nitrogen. He takes her face, puts it in liquid nitrogen, pulls her frozen face out, and then just slams it onto the counter so that her face Beautiful. just shatters. Amazing. That inspired an episode of Mythbusters where oh. they did that with an actual pig skull. Oh, Can't be done. Oh, You need to put it in there for 
quite some time. Uh, you can't yeah. just dip in, dip out, slam against no. the table. It's got to be in there for like an hour. That's ah. like, you could probably dip your hand in for five or six seconds before getting freezer burned. Uh, I was yeah. lied to as a Cub Scout. <laughs> yeah. I hate to break it to you, but Jason X is not very realistic. <sighs> Thank you, Mythbusters, for ruining <laughs> that one for me. That's uh, I, and I don't know what it is about that kill. There is actually, I mean, like, I, it's you know, it's like Jason X's. I love it because it's so goofy or whatever. Oh yeah, but there is something legitimately like really gruesome and terrifying about oh, that yeah. kill to me. There's and and even the well, way it hints that Jason is. He's brutal, yeah. but he is clever. Yes. He enjoys stringing right. together enjoyable deaths. Yeah. yeah. And there's also uh, just the actual like practical effect of the like smashed face. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. good. It's like mm-hmm. legit gruesome. 100% it of that I'm film's budget. That yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's like really gruesome. Yeah. It's uh, not as hard as you'd think, actually. Huh? To like smash somebody's face with the budget. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. Prosthetic wise. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, please finish that thought. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah. You walk home alone just today. talking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who who else has a who has one they want to throw down? I'll throw this one out there. This is from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two: Ooh. Freddy's Revenge. Yeah, and um, it's during the awesome climactic Ooh, homoerotic pool scene. <laughs> and um, there's a part, and it's a character that does not have a name or a face. Uh-huh. But uh, to to place this there for you, there is a row of hedges, uh-huh. a gap, and then a fence. Yep. And the guy is behind the hedges. He starts to climb the fence. But beyond the fence, flames burst up. So he falls behind the hedges, and then flames burst up from there, and then he screams. Uh-huh. It's incredible. Uh-huh. It's just, pff, ah! Pff, ah! <laughs> and it's not gruesome, it's a, but it's just in, in the, the heat of one of the most manic scenes that has ever been put yes. to film, it's this weird inspired moment of just like... It, it's just, I don't know, the whole thing is just calamitous. And that part <laughs> just says it all. Well, that part also leads to, I actually think, legitimately the, I'm not going to say the only good part of that movie, uh, close to it, but like the best part of that movie is immediately Freddy steps into the frame and he's the center of the frame. All the flames are going up behind oh, yeah. him. There's just chaos around him at this party that he's created. Fl- a wall of flames behind him. And he just looks around with his hands out and he goes, you are all my children. <laughs> that is fucking killer. That, that, is, that sequence is awesome. Oh, it's awesome. That's, uh, yeah. I, I like Freddy's, Freddy's Revenge right. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's not, none of the sequels are like good. Uh, Dream the War third is one pretty is good. pretty yeah. great. But I don't know, Freddy's, there, there's a certain uh, just there's, griminess there's to it there. that really works yeah. for me. There's something yeah. there. There's also a scene where a bird decides to try and kill a family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's also like a really gay push-up scene. Uh, there are yeah. many gay. I mean, it is like very clear that that movie is like s- kind of a gay panic metaphor. Yeah, a little it, bit. Yeah, it's uh, that. And by movie, a little bit, I mean like all like, over. Like it. all <laughs> over it. It's yeah. All over it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jenna, hit us with one. Uh, in keeping in Freddy Land. Oh, Freddy Land. It's my favorite. My I would favorite not want to go there. No. In the original, no. No. I might want to ride a roller coaster. In in my original or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp being juiced. Yes. Like, on my list. Fucking on my list. Peach, like <laughs> fucking eaten by the love bed. That kill. It's just amazing. It's it is one of the best practical. You don't effects. even fucking like see it coming either, no. which is so silly. It's l- and it sprays everywhere. Oh, I love that effect. It's they literally, incredible. you can tell they literally built a bedroom upside down, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, so that they could drain the blood through <laughs> it's the bed. Amazing. But the thing that I love about that scene because that scene is like gruesome, but it's also like kind of beautiful. Yeah, like, that practical effect is so incredible. The thing that I love about that scene that like really pushes it into the realm of like that is 
fucking terrifying <laughs> is, and this is a thing Craven does all the time. He does it. In the, he does it in Scream too. It happens at the beginning of Scream. The parents come home to find, oh yeah, Drew Barrymore, yep. you know, crawling around and almost dead, and then see her gutted in the tree and stuff. Yep. Uh, the the way the Johnny Depp death ends is his mother opens the bedroom door to see the nightmare he's happening ha- having in front of her. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. one of the nightmares that actually bleeds into the real world. She sees the blood That's firing out of the so bed. Great. She starts screaming, and the thing that really puts the cap on how terrifying it is is the last thing that happens is Johnny Depp's body comes back oh, out of the yeah. bed oh, yeah. and just flops onto the bed in front it's of his mother. Just... It's Fucking oh, it's awesome. Robert England talked about how on the set of that, like he didn't have to be on the set right. for that, but that was massively fucked up. Oh, um, because the way that they did it was with the rotating yep. set and the yep. rotating camera, and because that was real liquid, it was a one-off. Uh-huh. Like yeah, it had to be done. He said, and it was one of those where it happened. The liquid went everywhere. Electricity shorted out. He was like, there was a real moment of panic. He's like, I grabbed Heather Langenkamp, and we both had to like sprint Whoa. from the set. Amazing. He said, and it was one of those where. You know, they it, it was fucked up. It didn't quite dump the way they wanted. And then when they looked at it, they were like, "This is this is better." Yeah. And that's why it has that beautiful quality. Is because yeah. it's imperfect. Yep. It was supposed to so be this, good. but it actually kind of tips out the yes, side first, does. and yep. it's because it just. It, but it's, you're not going to get that with your mm, computer. It's so blood. visceral. It's yeah. like yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I love practical effects Me like too. that. They're like my favorite thing. Yeah. Ever, it's like so. the the uh, the shining elevator. Like the right. the viscosity of that. That's not blood. Right. But it's terrifying. Uh-huh. It there's just something about it. If it was the right viscosity, it wouldn't work. No, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, why don't you hit us with another one, Dan? Because that was on my list too. All right, this is actually my first exposure to anything <laughs> that Jason did. Uh, I caught it on TV when I was a little kid. I just turned on the TV, and it was in uh, uh, Part Five, A New Beginning, where it's mm. not Jason; it's Roy Burns, uh-huh. and the character of Eddie Kelso. His girlfriend gets killed, and he goes running out into the woods, and he leans against a tree. And he's like trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, then a leather strap gets thrown oh, yeah. across his eyeballs and wrapped around the tree. And Jason, in air quotes, uh, sticks a stick through the end of the leather strap and just starts cranking it so uh, that it crushes his head I at the eyeballs. I fucking forgot about yeah. that. I've never that seen that That one was movie. the first kill that I ever saw in a movie like that. And I was probably like nine or ten and was just like, fuck. Ah. It was not like TNT, so it was nothing. Yeah. And that always stuck with me. And then eventually when I went through all the movies, that was the one I was like waiting for. Uh-huh. And uh, worth it. That is, yeah, Lord I Burns fucking forgot no about slouch. that, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is, oh, that's a crushing one. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna. Um, so this one's like not necessarily a slasher movie, but I kind of think of Seven as like kind of a slasher movie. Mm, I would a take that. Bit. I think I would take that. And I think it's defendable. Yeah. I said the sex strap on shit. Yep. In Ooh. Seven. And then my comment was just Woo! get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he made me fuck her. Uh huh. Leland Norser. Nothing has. movie favorite given me nightmares more than that scene in any movie ever period I, and the, <laughs> it's horrifying the thing is like it's one of those things where it's like uh just showing us the device you, you don't even see it that i would, know that would have been enough yeah like they could have ju- literally they could have just shown us the device and I would have, and it, uh, my uh, my brain would have collapsed in on itself. But we see but instead, the aftermath. Oh, we see the aftermath. We it. see him <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he made me. <laughs> yeah. And like, then we see like kind of her. Yeah, but it's not oh, really. God. Yeah, oh. that Holy seems just shit. like. And even now talking about it, I'm like, oh, I, uh, yeah, yuck. Yeah, Whew. that's some crazy shit. Oh god. Yep. 
Uh, we might have I, to end the podcast right now. <laughs> I don't think I. <laughs> yeah, that is fucking. It's just like deeply disturbing. On I'm gonna allow that one to be on your list just because. Fuck. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah, shit. because fuck. I think John Doe is absolutely. Yeah, I would, I would actually. Yeah, agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. He's because slash. What are slashers? They're serial killers essentially. Yeah. Well, he's kind of the first jigsaw. Right. Because most of the people that are dead right. at his hand are not not at his actual nope. hand. He didn't do it. Right. He made them do it. Right. He did. He one, made her cut right? off her yeah. nose despite her face. <laughs> remember that I, I do alright uh, uh, since Except we're Gwyneth Paltrow he did that one he cut her head clean he off <laughs> so, since uh, since we got into a little bit of Friday the 13th <laughs> I will uh, oh I already did a Friday the 13th and I did a nightmare uh, you know what I'll bring this one up uh, no that'll be an honorable okay here we go uh, so uh, Halloween uh, original Halloween one of my this is one of my favorite kills like in any horror movie uh, because it's not actually like the most creative it's not the most gruesome but there's something terrifying about the idea of it and the execution of it it's when uh, Michael kills the uh, PJ Soul's boyfriend uh, so you know there's the couple across the street that are like trying to have sex mm-hmm. in the house while Lori is babysitting the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, the boyfriend goes downstairs to like get them more beers out of the fridge or something, and he hears a noise, and he goes to the back door, and he's like, hey, who's there? You're not supposed to ask that. Uh, and doesn't get a response. And he says, all right, I'm going back upstairs. It's like one of those moments in a horror movie where a character just talks out loud to themselves. <laughs> yeah, he's like, all right, well, I'm going back upstairs. Uh, well, and because it's less spooky that way. Right, yeah. yeah. We all do it. We're yeah. like, okay, oh, yeah. well, going to sleep now. Yeah, exactly. And then a closet door just flies open, Michael Myers comes out of it, grabs the kid by the throat. This and is in Scream, by the way. The, right, yes. They do it's also the next entry on my list. Is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he literally, he grabs him by the neck with one hand, picks him up off the ground, which is terrifying. Just the idea of being able to lift a whole man off the ground with one hand, terrifying in and of itself. Then takes a knife, stabs it through the guy's chest to hang him off the wall with a knife, which he's also apparently strong enough to be able to do. And then the thing that fucking really, again, it's always the capper on these, th- oh, these yeah, scenes yeah. that I think makes him so scary, is he doesn't just like stab him into the wall and walk away. He stabs him into the wall and stares at him and then slowly cocks his head to the side. Yep. That is one of the scariest things I've ever seen in a movie. The two things that I would like to add to that Please. Is next on my list is one, that's when we first really hear Michael Myers breathing. Yes, and fuck that. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and also, I don't know if you remember what the guy's last words are. No. Linda, you asshole. <laughs> he's, Somebody he's, says before oh, he opens the closet. He's, he's looking for her. Yeah. He's like, Linda. And he's calling for her. And he's like, ah, Linda, you asshole. Yeah. And then he that opens the so closet. That is so funny. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, that also, I mean, this is not on my list because it's not a kill. That's technically. Linda, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and breathing. And breathing, yep. Uh, that's not a kill technically, or what I'm about to say is not a kill technically. That's why I brought up what I just brought up. That's the kill. But Truly, my favorite scene in Halloween is when that guy's body falls out of the closet. Yeah. Oh. That oh, is, yeah. I think, the scariest thing that happens in that movie. Uh, and I, there's something so... That is inventive. That is one of the oddly inventive things that like Michael Myers does, is, is like basically force his body to be crammed up in the ceiling yeah. of a closet so oh, it will yeah. fall out when I it like opens. I like the idea that while that guy was there, Michael Myers was just chilling in the closet right. waiting for him to <laughs> yep. go by. Just, just wait. open it, open it. Just waiting. Because he's fucking yep. nuts. Yep. Well, since that was my number three, I will give you my honorable mention that was also in number Ooh, three. And it's another Halloween kill uh, because this is the first time I had ever seen this oft-used device done is when he strangles the one young lady in the car and leaves her dead head resting on the car horn. Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah. as he's choking her, it's beep. Beep, yep. beep, 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 
Yeah, right. It also creates a plot hole because that doesn't happen for the rest of the movie. Right. But, uh, you know, still, that was one of those things where I was like, what a creative device. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that's a good one. mention will bump yeah. up. Fair. Fair. Jenna. Uh, so my number three is from Final Destination 5. Ooh, which this is another this like argument that I have is that Final Destination, I think death is a serial killer. I think oh, so too. Yeah. He's got we, a franchise. Okay, great. We've um, already addressed this on Movie Movie Live. Perfect. Okay. So my favorite, and this isn't like the best kill in all of the Final Destination films, but it's my favorite. So there's this sequence, this gymnast sequence oh, in Final God. Destination 5. And like this gymnast is just doing her thing uh-huh. with other gymnasts. Uh-huh. And there's a thumbtack like on the balancing beam. Uh-huh. And her boyfriend, I don't remember, like a guy is watching her do this and he's like clapping for three minutes. The scene goes on. She flips over the thumbtack. <laughs> nothing happens. Oh, so she's like, like all this she's dancing around. She's like dancing yeah, around yeah. it. So then she goes and she chalks up her hands uh-huh. and she goes onto the big like monkey bar things. Uh-huh. I don't uh-huh. know. The trapeze. What the fuck do you call oh, it? The, the, yeah, the rings. Uneven the rings. bars. Yeah. Oh. And so she's like on the uneven bars and this other girl is on the balancing beam where the thumbtack is. This other girl steps on the thumbtack falls off the balancing beam into the chalk. The chalk spills over, poofs everywhere. This bitch gets distracted, flies off the uneven bars, <laughs> and snaps in half, breaking her neck oh, yeah. on the mat. She like, it is upside down and her whole body incredible. crushes backwards. I love yeah. that, There's though. blood everywhere, and even and you see the impact of it, too, and uh-huh. she just crumples. Oh. Like the and force it's she amazing. had to be flipping with to do this is inhuman. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it happens so fast. It's yeah. incredible. Oh, Candace, the win. gymnast girl. Candace, the gymnast girl. It's pretty good. So good. And I don't remember any of that, uh, like the rest of the movie, but I remember that so distinctly because I could not stop laughing. It's <laughs> I brutal. I loved it. I love those movies. They're so good. <laughs> They're That's so funny. Great. So many eyeball horror moments in those movies, too. That's, uh, I mean, that's another classic uh, horror trope is just fucking eyeball Eyes, fucking yeah. eyeballs. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't do anything about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let me. Oh, the gymnast. This is a good one, I think. Because this one, I think, is like kind of a popular kill in, in horror movies, but it's like a, it's just a really interesting, unique one. Sleepaway Camp, you guys yeah. see Sleepaway Camp? Love Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp is great, and there is a particular kill in it that basically happens off camera, uh, which is why it's That's actually so not gruesome. <laughs> it's not the what? Not the chef. Who oh gets no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is uh, the curling iron. Do you remember oh, the curling iron? Oh no! Right. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So here's the thing. Okay, so it's a scene where uh, a, a girl that has made fun of... Um, the, it's a vengeance movie. Okay. Uh, and so the, the killer is basically having revenge on a bunch of campers, right? Uh, and so there's this girl that has spent most of the movie being very mean to who the killer turns out to be. Always. Right? Uh, and so that girl is curling her hair with her curling iron uh, and then gets approached by the killer, doesn't know that this person is a killer, you know, and so they're just having a little argument and she continues to make fun of the killer. Uh, and then suddenly, uh, straight up, and we're not supposed to know who the killer is at this point in the movie either, so we can't see the person that the curling iron girl is talking to. She's just talking to the curling, you know, she's the curling iron girl is just talking to this person. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a fist just flies across the screen and clocks the curling iron girl, like, so hard in the face, she immediately is just blacked out. So she, so the the killer knocks the person out, right? And then we see that the curling iron is now just like on the bed next to the girl, 
So then we see a close-up of the curling iron being picked up, and now the rest of this all takes place as the shadows on a wall, right? We don't see what happens. We only see the shadow of a curling iron get picked up and then opened. You know, curling irons like oh, have I the know. scissor kind of thing, right? Oh, I know. So you, so <laughs> you see it open, and then you just see it go up, down, and then you see two hands, shadows of hands, come up in the air and just shake against the wall as the girl screams. Is it It is commonly accepted, <laughs> commonly accepted that, yes, that's what, they don't show that. There's nothing to truly indicate that that's what's happening. But common, commonly accepted is she gets a curling iron in her pussy and dies. It is horrifying. It's mm. one of the worst things I've ever seen. It's so oh, nasty. And it's no. way more nasty because you don't see it. Yeah, of course. Because you only see like the shadows of things happening. It's fucking, it's really gnarly. It's a great flick. Yeah, just it's a really my legs. great Very. flick. It's, yeah, it's a, oh, it's good. Right on. Yeah. Did I just describe that in too much detail? No, it's perfect. It made me want to watch the movie. <laughs> it's so good. All right, so my number two. I'm going to say this in quotes, and you're going to get it, because uh-huh. I love this quote. Uh-huh. It's my favorite quote in this movie. So you going left or you going right? Right. That's too bad. Why? Well, because there's a 50-50 shot on whether you'll be going left or right. You see, we're both going left. You could have just as easily been going left, too. If that was the case, it would have been a while before you started getting scared. But since you're going the other way... I'm afraid you're going to have to start getting scared immediately. What is that from? I know that. I'll tell you in another quote. Hey, Pam, remember when I said this car was death proof? (laughs) Well, that wasn't a lie. This car is 100% death proof. Only to get the benefit of it, honey. Uh You really need to be sitting in my seat. Yeah. And then he drives Yo, that poor is so Rose true. McGowan all over the place, Sweet hitting Rose. the brakes. Her, there's a her seat, her head gets crunched against the windshield, yeah. and it makes the best noise. That, that is a and he that does scene is two so gruesome. awesome kills with the car, but that one is terrifying. So gruesome, yeah. Oh, and the way it's shot and edited too, you just literally see like severed body parts yeah. like flying through the air. It's what's scary about it is that he's having so much fun. Right. And there's even a part where she's like, listen, I get it. it it's a like she's oh, right. yeah, yeah. it's a joke. And and, yeah. and and if you let me go now, I won't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, because I get it. And it's it's really yep. funny. And he just like <laughs> and he's yeah. just like drinking it in. Oh. And it's my boy Kurt Brussels. I did not even think about that. It. Yeah. Death proof that's is a good one. That's actually slowly like becoming just my favorite Tarantino oh, really? movie. It's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. So death proof. Rose McGowan getting my, smashed up. Uh-huh. My turn? Yeah, your turn. Um, so this is another one that I like can't get out of my head. Um, and it's in Saw Three. So another Ooh. just like silly, sort of nasty sequel yeah. death. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, I wrote it down as that bitch who gets her shit ripped out. <laughs> But I know what I mean. So the angel trap in Saw 3, it's like the first scene of the movie. What is and it? it? I, don't, sets I haven't you seen up. that one. So it sets you up for like this shitty like torture burn. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a cop in the first two movies. And I forget her name, Kelly maybe or Kelsey or something. But she's in this thing called an angel trap. And what it is is she has these clamps on her rib cage. And she's just suspended in this torture chamber, uh-huh. and she has to get a key out of an acid, like a bowl of acid, uh-huh. to unleash herself. Uh-huh. But no matter what she fucking does, she's, yeah, she's gonna, gonna die. die. Yep. So she sticks her hand in this acid jar, and her hand gets all cooked uh-huh. and shit. She gets the key, and the killer comes up to her and goes like, sorry about it, you're still gonna die. And they rip open her rib cage. 
with this like, with, like a bear clamp, trap kind with of like thing? a bear yeah. trap, uh. just like. Yeah, it just splays. It just splays her open, and she just lays there like a limp fucking. It's awesome. That's awesome. Damn that Costas Mandalore. Creative motherfucker. Because then she's also sitting there with like this scalding sort of like scald hand, and her rib cage just completely exposed, and all this raw meat goes flying. I don't know why you're still worried about the hand. It's so great. It's incredible. And that movie sucks, but that is awesome. Yeah, that was a bad movie. Loved it. It was terrible. It was so good. Funny that Saw 3 wasn't the one that went 3D. It took 7. Yeah, right. Yeah, Saw 7 went 3D. Yeah, I think it's called an angel trap because you're kind of like clamped in an angel position Mm -hmm. or something. Well, when it spreads open, it takes the form of wings. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Say your prayers. (laughs) So I got a number one that I think you and I might share, Dan. Yeah? Should we let Jenna maybe unfold her number yeah, one? Yeah, give us your number we'll, one. We'll hit our finale and okay. see if we're, we are right that we both have the same yeah, number yeah. one. <laughs> my, right. my number one is another one that's like not necessarily a slasher hero or whatever, but I... A slasher hero? A slasher hero, you know. That's Die Hard. That's the only movie that existed. But I, I mean, we do come you know back for mean. Jason. We no, don't come true. back for yeah, anyone yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so my number one is the chainsaw chase in American Psycho. Oh, oh he drops it off the steps. Yeah. That is so good. Just like chasing them around in his yeah. underpants. Like. Well, my favorite thing about that scene is that he's not even in underpants. He's, oh, totally, no, he's naked totally naked except naked. for his sneakers. Right, right, right. That's right. my favorite thing about that well, scene. Well, he has his chainsaw boner. Yeah. His chainsaw boner. Yeah, that's like my favorite sort of nasty. Oh, yeah. I love when he dangles just it he, over the thing yeah. and yeah. times it. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. And he's just covered in oh, like... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, there's a couple things... And that, they run. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. he chases them. <laughs> uh, there's a couple things I love about that scene. One is the reveal that he's wearing running shoes <laughs> as he's running down because that means he was also fucking them in running shoes. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? That's like amazing to me. He's prepared for them to run. Yes. Uh, but the other thing is if you buy... This is like a, a quick just sort of diatribe about that movie. If you buy into the idea that that movie might actually be a fantasy in that guy's head, that is a scene that you could point to as pretty hard evidence for it because he is literally chasing a screaming woman with a chainsaw that is through making its... Sounds through an apartment that ostensibly well, is populated. in a... Almost impossible way. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. That's impossible. Absolutely. But I would at least buy the accident that that worked. Yeah, yeah. But I don't buy that not one person opens the door to go, excuse me, what's happening out here? Yeah, you know? like, oh, it's Bateman again. Yeah, yeah. Henry. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was, yeah, but yeah, that's, fucking, that's a good one. great scene. That is so good. That's my number one. Oh, it's so good. That's a really good one. All right, Dan, What's your number see. one? My number one comes from Friday the 13th, part Seven? Nope. Oh! <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, it's a face-off. All right. Yours is in part eight? Yes. Did I write the wrong part down? Okay. This is... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's part seven. I think this is the one that happens. Does it in. take place in Manhattan? No. Okay. okay. So we're good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating. All right. So mine is uh, part seven, which is one of the worst of the series, I would say. it's the. I believe it's the one with the uh, the psychic girl. Yes. Uh, uh, it's not great. Uh, but it's it the ha- one that has the crazy, just anti psychoanalysis. Yes, vibe. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's not great. But don't get help for your brain. It, yeah, it has the greatest Jason kill in any of the. So great that Jason X repeats it because it's oh, so yes. good. It is. Uh, Jason finds a girl in a tent, and she's in her sleeping bag, and so she tries to hide from Jason in her sleeping bag. So Jason just grabs the top of the sleeping bag, 
pulls it shut, pulls the sleeping bag out, and swings it against a tree once, and she dies. It is okay. So one, it's just a crunch. That's the funniest, weirdest <laughs> kill in any Friday the Thirteenth movie. Is that he just picks up a sleeping bag with a woman in it and just starts slamming it against a tree? That's like so weird it's and King Kong yeah, it's here. like it's just weird and funny to me. But the thing that is actually scary about it is that he only has to do it once. Yep. He doesn't have to bash her against the tree over and over again. He just pulls it shut, picks it up, slams it against the tree, throws She's it to the dead. side. Yeah. She's dead. That is master. fucked. Yeah. Uh, and they reference it again in Jason X when they put him in a Crystal Lake simulation. Yeah. And then two topless teenagers with like, you weed do some and drugs? beer yeah. in their hands uh, uh, approach him. And then, it, <laughs> and then it cuts away to like some other plot that's happening. And then it just cuts back to like what's happening in the Crystal Lake simulation for like a second. And he's just slamming a sleeping bag into the ground over and over and over again. In the reboot, he actually cooks a girl over a uh, campfire Ooh. in her sleeping bag. Ooh. Yeah. That's a nice twist oh, on yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is my favorite kill, I think, in any slasher movie. That when is he like, slams that's her. That's probably the, the most iconic I thought for Jason sure kill. when you were like, oh, mine's a Jason kill. I was like, that's got to be the one. That was going to be on my list, but I figured it would be on all of our lists. It's, yeah, it's the best. My favorite kill. Please. And it's because of the orchestration of it, because uh-huh. it's not even a particularly good kill, but it comes from Jason Takes Manhattan. Yep. And there's a character that fancies himself as a amateur boxer. Oh, this is and one of my favorite scenes in that He movie. is on the roof, uh-huh. and lo and behold, he is somehow getting the best of Jason. Oh, uh, yeah. He's beating the shit out of Jason, oh, yeah. just punching One him. punch Big, after boom, another. Boom, Getting him Not all kidding. the way to the he edge of the building. He might punch him 45 times yeah. over the course of the scene. It's insane. And he gets Jason to the edge of the building, and he's so exhausted. Really, he just needs to give Jason a quick shove, all, and he would fall presumably to his death. He could sneeze, and Jason would fall off the building. But he's so tired that he starts swinging, and he, he can't reach Jason. He just can't reach him he's anymore. So he's so tired exhausted. that he, he can't reach him. He can't do it. Which is so weird, because that's, that doesn't happen. No. But he's, uh, and he's so exhausted that he looks at Jason and says, and I quote, <clears throat> Take your best shot, motherfucker. So Jason grabs his shirt and punches his head off. Clear off his shoulders. <laughs> punch. It's he punches amazing. It, it goes flying through the sky and it lands in a dumpster so hard that the dumpster shuts. And it's like, bro, you were so close. So close. And it's like, take your be- your best shot. Have you met Jason? Yeah. He'll punch your head off. That is the Incredible. best thing that happens in that movie. Yeah. I love that scene. Not the best movie. No. But man, that is like, because it, it the whole thing makes. No sense. No, 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 no. That this guy can't reach him because he's right. tired, and then would opt to give him a best shot as opposed to let me catch a breath and hit him one right. more time. No, yeah, right. all he's he got a man to up. Take it's out his literally inhaler, that's like, all yeah. he. Just one more shot. One thing. He uh, and Jason, so funny. But it, I mean, it could be argued that Jason was just kind of like toying waiting with him. Yeah, just yeah. Hey, whatever. Because he grabs his shirt yep. and just. Boom! Right <laughs> off his shoulders. It's like not even well done. No, like he swings and then it cuts to a wide shot where they just, just knocks a fake air. head off yep. of a fake body. Yep. it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah, uh, I definitely recommend people at least YouTube that scene if you're not going to watch all of. I think you should watch the yeah. movie. I actually if recommend you're that it deep, as well. Do it. Yeah, yeah. do it. It's uh, it, it it's got a cool sewer sequence. To, to be honest, like having watched ten of those movies basically in a row. Eight is not nearly the worst of them. Oh, no, not at uh, all. I don't think. <laughs> I think the problem with it is is that it's Jason takes a boat to Manhattan, right. and then the movie ends. Yes. It's not Jason takes oh, Manhattan. He's that, in Manhattan for, like, 
a minute. I always say the Jason <laughs> movies, <laughs> you could break up into like a series of trilogies with, yeah. the, with like the seventh one being the one one off. That's the one where he fights the psychic girl. Yeah. Uh, you know, the first trilogy is is basically the Camp Crystal Lake trilogy. The second trilogy is the Tommy Jarvis trilogy. Then you get Psychic Girl. Then you get the trilogy where Jason goes places, but never gets to go to those places. Yeah, yeah. He you get Jason takes Manhattan, where he only gets to Manhattan in the last ten minutes of the movie. Uh, you get Jason goes to hell, which is called Jason goes to hell, in which Jason never goes to hell. Jason's not even really in that movie. That uh, no, that's true. <laughs> uh, and then you get the movie that should have been called Jason goes to space, and they just named it Jason X. Yep. It's the only one where he does actually go to the place that he should that he's going to, and they don't even call it that. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it's the Jason, but it's Jason goes X. You do trilogy. want that Jason yeah. X. Yeah, I I love in a Jason Takes Manhattan though that he grows a sense of humor. Yes, because a bunch of kids like mock him, <laughs> oh, and right. he turns around and lifts his mask. We don't see his face, but all the kids like ah, and it, then he like turns away. Like did the Muppets take Manhattan first? The Muppets or? did take Manhattan. Okay, and that movie used to make me cry so hard. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. <laughs> when they all part ways and they sing that sad song, uh, it still gets me. Great flick. So Muppets first, then Jason. Yeah, Manhattan has a bad. Yeah, bad that was that was back in like the uh, when when New York was considered like a scary place. <laughs> right, yeah. pre uh, Giuliani. Right? Pre Giuliani. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How far the mighty have fallen. Like, yeah, a big old Trump fan. My only, uh, my only, uh, 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 what you might call it? Uh, honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, the garage door from Scream. We talked about it a little earlier. Yeah. That just lives on in my memory for some reason. That was on my list. And like, kill. not. I, I didn't just, put it on I there because we're watching head. the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but the other one is, and I kind of this probably should be on my list somewhere. Realistically, like I could remove the sleeping bag kill for this one because the sleeping bag kill is mostly just funny to me. Uh, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. Uh, the one girl that he kills, it it is like one of the just most uncomfortable, unsettling, most gruesome, weird thing. Yeah, he takes a girl, puts her on a meat hook. Yeah, Ugh. and there's like a bunch of long shots where you just watch her struggle on the meat hook, and then that's not even how she fucking dies. Yeah. He pulls her off the meat hook to just cram her into a freezer, and that's how she eventually dies. That is. Oh fucking! I don't know. That is like really nasty stuff to me. That movie is. He does the uh, the hammer to the head too. That's a a brutal moment. Well, that's a Guillermo del Toro became a vegetarian after watching that movie because every single one of those kills is based on what we do in a butcher shop. Mm -hmm. Yep, that movie is whoo nasty, nasty stuff. Oh yeah, love it. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, that's a great flick. Yep. Any anybody else have honorable mentions? I've got nothing. I I I burned mine. Mm -hmm. It was uh. All right. And, uh, yeah. What's her name died in uh, yeah. Halloween at the Horn. Well, let's burn this uh, whole podcast at the stake then. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, anyone want to recommend anything? Uh, I saw Neon know? Demon this week and I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's uh, bizarre. It's if you like Nicholas Winding Rain or Reffin or Reffin. however you say his name, uh, I think it's. Uh, I it's think you should probably like it. Yeah. Uh, it's very much one of his movies. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't always like his movies. I would say I probably understood this one about as much as I've understood his other movies. But I liked this one. Like his quite movies a bit. are cool to like pull apart yeah. over time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and I think there actually is a lot of really interesting thematic stuff going on in the movie. Oh yeah, it's a little weird watching it as uh like. I feel like my review of it on Letterboxd comes off as almost me going like, hey, this movie's kind of feminist. And I don't think that that's the case, but there are some like interesting things that it has to say about women's experience in the world. 
but it's also a movie that was like written and directed by a man. So yeah. like to have that conversation is actually weird. It's about the fashion industry. It's not really about. I don't know. I, don't I know. know, but there's also that scene where like she's in that entirely white space. And the photographer is literally just looking her up and down over and over and over again. And I to think me, it's about I was the monetary like, monetary value of beauty, and right. What it can cause, yeah. Yeah. You to know, me, there's... that scene though is like that's the male gaze. That is the clearest depiction I've ever seen of the male gaze in a movie. Where like for the first time, I've heard women describe how it feels to be gazed upon like that, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, intellectually, I understand what you're saying about how it makes you feel. That's the only time I've ever felt it was watching that scene in that movie. Okay. So I think that there are things cool. it's doing <laughs> that could be recognized that way. But the more interesting conversation is it is a movie written and directed by a man about women and their experience in the world. And the more interesting conversation is why is this man trying to like unpack women's experience this way mm. through this movie? To mm. me, that's like really fascinating. I don't even really have much to say about that other than like how weird and interesting that is like as its own exercise. <laughs> right. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get it. it. It was very, it's a very strange thing just to even set out to do. It's a fucking movie too. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing this out there though. Yeah. Story by Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. And screenplay by Mary Laws and Polly yeah. Stenham. It's oh, not, yeah, it's written by women. It was written by women. Interesting. By interesting. Because uh, I, I actually thought that they had the story credit and he had the script credit. Yeah, he's. Uh, uh, they all have screenplay credit. He has story credit. He has story credit. So I think it probably has a lot of things that need to be teased yeah. out and fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy flip. It is, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it, though. It, it is like a visual feast. It is fucking... Sumptuous cool. visual Woo! feast. It's great. Yeah. Sumptuous. I'm going to go with Quiz Show. It's on Netflix. You can watch it now. It won Oscars. It's Robert Redford's uh, true story of... Uh, the show 21 back in the 60s that was rigged mm-hmm. and uh, just what happened. It's awesome. Is that about the guy that... Oh, no, I'm thinking of that other game show where the guy was able to memorize the pattern. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that was the No Whammy, No Whammy That was Whammy. Press your luck. Yeah, press your luck. This one was... was but what's crazy about it is that it's a it's about this studio going, and this contestant doesn't play anymore because they come back every day. Yeah. So let's let's kind of manufacture some drama, which was like high crimes back then, right. government investigation. Now it's like it's par for the course. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, interesting to see how this is done, but it's a good movie. And the opening scene is like a master class ah. in just how to make a scene. Yeah. It's awesome, ah. awesome, awesome shit. Uh, don't watch. The Fox Rocky Horror remake. That's garbage. Garbage. Do watch the 24-hour marathon that Logo is doing of Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> but also, I recently saw It Follows, and ah, I was very impressed. Right? So everybody should watch that. Yeah, that's a good one. That's that all is I a got. really good it's one. It's spooktastic. Yeah, that's actually, hey, I'll make a Halloween recommendation for you. Check out that movie this weekend, and then listen to our episode about it that we do with Shoestring Gold. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else? Anybody else want to cover anything, or should we just start plugging shit and wrapping it up? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, you can find it. me on Twitter at Dan Scully. You can find me on Letterbox at Dan Scully. You can find me everywhere at Dan Scully. Log on to Cinedelphia.com for all of my film coverage there. Hell and yeah. of course, you can find the show on iTunes or whatever podcast uh, uh, yeah, catchers we're all that you have. Place, yeah, it is. Uh, I like to movie movie. We're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter at I like to movie with the digit. Yeah. Uh, And leave us a review. Yeah, please. Uh, You know, uh, uh, we could really use uh, some iTunes reviews, some comments, and things like that. That would be helpful. Email us, I like two movie at gmail.com. That's the digit two as well. Uh, And I just want to give a big shout out to our UK listeners. Uh, We've had a crazy month this month, and uh, 
The UK is like the next, it's like the second biggest market that we have for listeners. They like really shot up this month. So what up, yeah. UK? So so good day over Dan and Dan. Yeah. That's where they are. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what they sound like. So have a spot of tea on us and put some more shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> Tip top cheerio to ya. No UK listeners next time. <laughs> nope, None. Nope. We just None. killed that. China is now the next market, uh, which is true. We have a lot of Chinese listeners as well. <laughs> uh, you can find me on letterbox.com slash Philadelphia. That's with an F. Twitter, at uh, Philadelphia with an F. Uh, where else am I? Oh, I'm on farsightedblog.com. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff there this month. It's been great. We uh, just watched Cabinet of Dr. Caligari last week, which also oh, highly recommend. Yeah. Really good. Uh, Jenna, where are you on the internet? Um, on the interwebs, I'm at jennacurzy.com. I do all sorts of things, but right now Wanna... I'm not doing too much. No? You don't want to plug <laughs> anything coming up? No. I guess it's not until the new year. Huh? Yeah. That's when all your fresh stuff is coming up? All yeah, right, all right. It's okay. Maybe can... I'll do a movie. Who knows? Ooh. Just look at my website. Ooh, I would love that. <laughs> I would love to see you in a movie. Uh, yeah, Jenna is an actress extraordinaire in uh, Philadelphia. You can see her all over the place. You go see a play, she's probably in it. Uh, so please go see some plays. Uh, all right, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. Uh, and I'm Jenna Kersey, and I like to movie movie. Oh. <laughs> we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie. movie. Yay.